Okay, let's get this bitch started. Hey, hello. Yeah. Hello, everybody, and welcome. And welcome. Welcome. Welcome to another episode of the Last Ones in Podcast. I am Dry Archuleta, joined today by E. Hello. And Robbie. Hello. And we have Sam live in the studio. Hey. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and today is going to be our last double feature of the year. Did you really make that promise? Probably. <laughs> all right. I don't think Dry is planning on doing another double feature after this, especially after all the headache. The it turns out double features are like really hard. Yeah. Like just time consuming and they yeah. take a lot of time. Like you tell me you don't want a double feature Christmas Prince so we can catch up on the lore? Uh, Well, not to be too spoilery, but the next Christmas Prince is the last Christmas Prince we have. Hooray. Mm. For now. For now. <laughs> There's a whole Christmas Prince universe. Yeah, Christmas Prince, Christmas. It's bad. Wins. There's a whole. It's like a whole Netflix yeah. thing. It's terrible. Anyway, it's a whole Netflix thing. Eventually, like all of the powers of the print of all the Christmas Prince is combined are gonna go up at to uh, face Hulu with their Thanksgiving princes. It's true. Yeah, the Christmas Prince of Earth, the Christmas Prince of Water, the Christmas Prince of Heart. You just get all of them, and it's <laughs> Captain Prince. Um. <laughs> When will we get the Christmas Prince in space? That's usually the fifth one. <laughs> That's why they're stopping. <laughs> um, they don't have a budget to go to space. Yeah. Or even fake it. They barely have enough budget to actually be in snow. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the movies that we watched today were Oculus from 2014 and Sinister from 2012. Um, Oculus, directed by Mike Flanagan, and Sinister, directed by, I can't remember his name, but he directed uh, The Exorcism of Emily Rose, I Learned Today, hmm. and The First Doctor Strange. Yeah. That's a weird Quite a career. Yeah. A, a couple other like weird movies in there that just like, don't make much sense. Yeah. Really, he was directing The Second Doctor Strange, too, and then he was kicked off because he didn't want to do the movie they want. He wanted it to be more horror, and so they kicked him off and then hired, what's his name? Who did Evil James Dead? Bell. Sam Raimi? Yeah, Sam Raimi. So really? Sam Raimi's directing the second Doctor Strange now. I don't know how I feel about that. Comes out soon, so. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we'll see. Yeah. Anyway, we watched those. Um, I have seen both of them quite often, actually. Uh, Sam? Um, Sinister and Oculus? Yeah. Yeah, I've seen both of those. But it's been a while since I had seen either. Okay. So I watched Sinister in the theater, and you showed me Oculus fucking years ago. Good refresher, then. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Robbie. So I actually saw Oculus back whenever I was living in Utah still, so it was like prior to 2014, 2015 when I saw that movie. Fuzzy prison memories. Kind of, yeah. Like uh, <laughs> We'll get into it in the podcast, but there's like a whole section of that movie I just d- didn't remember. A cool. fight broke out during it. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be weird because I was alone watching it on Netflix, but okay. I mean, that's how crazy it is. <laughs> but yeah. then again, it was in Salt Lake City, so who yeah. knows? <laughs> they um, broke out into your room and you're like, get out of here. I'm trying to watch Oculus. <laughs> oh, sorry. My bad. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry. We, we thought this was the next door. <laughs> we thought this was the bar, so we thought we'd be cool if we fought here. 
Uh, yeah, and then Sinister, I think it was a similar story. I ate, I either rented it, like I think I redboxed it, or once again, I think it was on Netflix or one of those streaming services where I watched it. Cool. And I'm the titular last one out. Yeah, oh. e, e has not seen either of these. Yeah. My goal this week was to show something to E that would be scary and spook him when he was like alone in his house, but not something <laughs> that would like give me an anxiety attack. Yes. Okay. Somewhere <laughs> between those two lines. Yeah, because so, whenever you told me the idea of this week, like the first thing that came to mind were movies that are much higher on the tier list of things that would cause you to have an anxiety attack. Yeah, we're always like, oh, show him Needleman, the poker of the night. <laughs> kind of. Poker <laughs> of the night. <laughs> that's a, maybe a different genre. Yeah, it's on a different site oh, entirely, sorry. actually. <laughs> uh, both these movies rated R, I believe, for general spookiness. General spookiness. Uh, kind That's of, what they actually. Me. General spookiness. <laughs> That's like the highest rank you can really get. General adult, spookiness? Right? Major. Major spookiness. <laughs> Private spookiness is just... Oh, that's cr- a different movie. That's crying. Different. That's, that's, on the, different that's on the same movie. website wherever you see the Pokemon. Needleman, the poker of the night. Yeah. <laughs> and Needleman. You can find that at your local GameStop. Jeez. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think actually what we're going to do on this one is I'm going to give you all the info on them, and I'm going to read both the back of the boxes. That seems fair. Yeah. Simultaneously? Because last time I sort of forgot to do that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so we watched Oculus first and then Sinister because I wanted it to be dark when we watched Sinister because I feel like <laughs> it works better for it. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, but yeah, Oculus was came out in 2014. It is an hour and 44 minutes long. Rated R for terror, General violence, spookiness. and some disturbing images and brief language. They say the F word in this one. Yeah. Uh, this is where it's fun for everybody. It is available on Hulu Premium, YouTube Premium, Sling Premium, Amazon Prime Premium. Yes. Well, Prime really is just <laughs> premium, premium Amazon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Philo. Um, if you also have an attachment to Stars on all of those. <laughs> Stars comes oh, back. Of course. <laughs> so it's really just available on Stars. Uh, and then if you want to rent it, you can do so from YouTube, Google Play, and Vudu for $2.99 and up if you want higher qualities. And then the general stats or whatever you want to call them for Sinister it came out in 2012 an hour and 50 minutes long rated R for disturbing violent images and some terror some terror just, just a little, little bit. bit just some yeah. general spookiness according to the rating system this one is slightly <laughs> less scary than Oculus it's a little bit of terror it's a little bit <laughs> less scary uh, you can watch it on Hulu Premium I think you guys know where this is going YouTube yeah. TV Premium Sling TV Premium Fubo TV Premium Amazon Prime if you have Showtime attached to it. <laughs> oh, not stars. Not stars. <laughs> stars won't save you this time. No. Or you can, of course, rent it for three ninety nine and up from YouTube, Google Play, and Voodoo. You got to love how whenever they check all these uh, streaming services that have these movies, there's always an asterisk on it of where you can actually watch it. <laughs> yeah, you like click on the thing, and you're like, it takes you there, but it doesn't take you to the movie, and then you have to search the movie. And it's like, oh, you don't have Showtime. <laughs> Sorry. What do you mean you still have another cable subscription out of nowhere when you're trying to stream it? <laughs> what a Neanderthal. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm going to go ahead and read the back of the box for Oculus. I have the actual back of the box here. I haven't had that uh, much lately, actually. It's kind of annoying. but We had a lot of collections. That's true. That's my bad. So here's the back of the box 
for Oculus. Seeing is deceiving in this disturbingly original horror flick that reflects heart-stopping terror as you've never imagined. It's been ten years since the lives of siblings Tim and Kaylee Russell were shattered, and Tim was convicted of murdering their parents. Now released from a mental institution, Tim wants to move on, but his sister has other plans. Kaylee blames their childhood nightmare on the Lasser Glass, an antique mirror with a grisly history, which she intends to destroy by any means possible. Even as the mysterious entity continues to cast sinister spells on anyone who gazes into it. I think that's pretty accurate. Yeah. Yeah. What do they call the thing? The Lasser Glass? The Lasser Glass. Lasser because glass. that's the farthest back that they're able to trace of like who owned the mirror first was John Lasseter. Yep, that's uh, real <laughs> disturbing, actually. Right, every single time, whenever, I, whenever you say laser glass, it just makes me think of Lazarus for some reason. I keep thinking of just laser glass, which would be a very different movie. Yeah, that was uh, it came out about a month after Star Wars. Yeah. Very underrated. <laughs> it shoots, it just shoots lasers <laughs> uh-huh. for its own yeah. kills. Uh, and then here is the back of the box for Sinister. Ten years ago, true crime writer Ellison Oswald made his reputation with a best-selling account of a nefarious murder. Now, desperate to replicate the success of his first book, he moves his family into a home where the previous occupants were brutally executed and a child disappeared, hoping to find inspiration in the crime scene. In the home, Ellison discovers a cachet of terrifying home movies, unwittingly opening the door into a nightmarish mystery. Uh, also, fairly accurate. I don't trivia. think either of those back-of-the-boxes are telling lies about what that movie is. Or telling too much. Yeah, yeah. Uh, most of them basically just tell the first five minutes of each movie, actually. Yeah. Uh, to be fair, there's been a couple back-of-the-boxes we've done wherever, like, the director's just kind of, like, almost pledging himself on how good of a job he did making the movie. Alien, I think, did that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's been a few of those. Um, but yeah, let's get into our general thoughts on Oculus with no spoilers. Um, let's start with the person who hasn't seen it, of course. Hello. E. Hello. What did you uh, think of Oculus? I love this movie, honestly. This was really good. 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 I'm glad. There's a lot of like, I mean, I don't do this, I don't say it all the time, but like, I really want to praise the camera work in this movie. It is phenomenal in a lot of ways yeah frankly that's a uh, director mike flanagan he um he made this a short film when he was in college and uh eventually had it made uh rumors actually were abound of he could have had this made in about 2006 if he had gone the route because paranormal activity was huge at the time they wanted him to make this movie but make it found footage Ooh. And he was like, I'm not fucking doing that. Very he glad really he did not. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. he literally just waited until they would let him make it the way he wanted. <laughs> they kept like waving a fat cash stack like, you want to do paranormal activity? <laughs> kind of, actually. <laughs> He's like, no. Uh, but yeah, Mike Flanagan, uh, he directed Dr. Sleep as well. And uh, the thing that we did, a, the show that we did a whole episode on a couple weeks ago, uh, Midnight, Midnight Mass. Midnight Mass. He directed Mass. all of that and wrote all of that. Um, which yeah, I've learned that he's been three years sober now. He just posted on his social media accounts. So that was, that whole show was basically him being like the main characters, his whole struggles. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. <laughs> say, well, right, like, what you know? 
I feel like with him right uh, also doing Doctor Sleep also kind of goes along with his struggles a bit too. Then yeah, absolutely. And when he made that, he was not sober at the time. So. Oh, as yeah. he was writing it. Yep, actually. Oh. Well. <laughs> <laughs> um, continue about Oculus. Uh, I mean, I I just love this movie. Like, it's really well made. I think it does a really good job at making you question what's really happening in a lot of ways. I feel like it's not really too much spoiler. No. Yeah, like. I'm I'm constantly like going back and forth like what's real, what's fake, what is just what's the characters seeing things, what's the characters remembering things. It's like really good at fucking with your sense of time. You constantly are second guessing yourself and I think it does that really well. Yeah, it does. In which some movies I've seen kind of don't do that well where it's just confusing. This I think is way more cohesive and really just nails its atmosphere once ago. Yeah, I um, I totally agree actually. And then I will say your goal was to spook me. Mm-hmm. This one definitely did not spook me, but it was really <laughs> engaging. I think Oculus is definitely not spooky. It's just really really good horror, which yeah. is something that I have talked about Mike Flanagan with a lot and extremely so lately is to where he understands the aspects of horror to where you care about the characters. And the horror comes from the very real human things that come out of the horror. Yeah. Like, the horror, like, yeah, spooky mirror and, like, weird stuff's happening. But it's really just, like, getting into the minds of these characters and what they're dealing with emotionally. That is the actual scary thing. It knows how to hold its tension. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, Robbie. So, like I said, saw this movie a while back. Like, back whenever this was still on Netflix. I feel like I was... Like whenever I first saw this movie, I wasn't too crazy about it. Like I was like, "Oh, okay, that was a that was a pretty decent." It was an okay horror movie, but I think I might have been watching on my computer while doing something else on a second screen or something else. else. Something gaming. Else. I mean, I was probably like going through Facebook or Twitch or something like that. Mm-hmm. But Playing League of Legends on the second screen. Yeah, that's totally a game that I play. Yeah. <laughs> back um, in prison, that's all they let you do. That's all it is. <laughs> I mean, all I had was a PlayStation back then. Prison, quote unquote. <laughs> he, almost yeah, he almost didn't quote that. <laughs> well, that was, uh, that's just how crazy the league was. They put it on everything. You had a PlayStation yeah. League. It was just they played on a prison CRT. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, those clear ones that you could see all the wires. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, but I think the second time around watching this movie, I have a way greater appreciation for it. Uh, like I said, there is. We'll get into it, but there's like an entire huge point of this movie that i just straight up did not remember really yeah i'm interested to see what that actually is okay you'll probably laugh whenever you find out what it actually is because like i was watching it's like oh oh that actually happened okay i don't remember this at all like oh with uh, some of the parts but once again i i think i wasn't fully paying attention the first time i watched this it was just something on netflix and something to have background noise and pass the time and so i wasn't paying as much attention as i probably should have right. so like there's certain things i did remember but there's other things i didn't and this is definitely a movie that you need to pay attention to. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I probably wasn't at the time. Yeah. Like, but this is, like I said, maybe 2015, 2016. Right. During that time, so. Yeah, and this movie jumps around in timelines seamlessly. So yeah. if you're not paying attention, you're like, I have no idea what's going on now. Yeah, exactly. And I think that might have been a case of that. So it's one of those better the second time around kind of ordeals for me. I've enjoyed this movie more every single time I've watched it, actually. Yeah. Because I think I think it's also a movie you pick up more on what's going on and little subtle details, and like it's 
almost like seeing a painting again. Like, oh, I didn't notice that little detail in the corner over there. Like, oh, I didn't realize he did that with the hair. Like, yeah. oh, I didn't realize this on the table over here kind of thing. Yeah, a lot of a lot of little small things and a lot of micro right. and stuff. But yeah, second time around, I definitely enjoyed it way more than the first time I watched the movie, and I was halfway paying attention. Cool. All right, Sam. Yeah, actually, same here. Um, the first time I watched it, I was just like, eh, you know, it was okay. But this time watching it, I thought I appreciated it a lot more. Yeah, I enjoyed it a lot more, and I think I didn't remember anything from it either <laughs> before. I'm, yeah. Uh, we had an incident to where you almost didn't remember it this time either. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Are you calling Sam out? For I'm calling Sam out. She almost took a nap like Robbie used to. Um... <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I, was... I used to work six days a week. That's true. Saying Sam doesn't? Um, No. <laughs> <laughs> See, even Sam saying she doesn't. <laughs> Yeah, I kind of dozed off, but I got the gist. I got yeah, what yeah. happened. <laughs> but, okay, um, yeah, so Sam's second time was kind of on par with Robbie's first time watching yeah, it. Yeah, so yeah, the next yeah. time around. <laughs> next I, time around, she'll really be paying attention. Yeah. I was not bored. I was just very sleepy. <laughs> I blame Dariah for turning out the lights. He should have just left them on, you know. No, you don't <laughs> do that with horror movies. It's <laughs> not how it works. But yeah, um, I think. I, I'm older now. <laughs> I, I don't know when this came so, out. <laughs> I, I'd be very concerned if not. Yeah, quite and, a bit older, Sam. Yeah, I think I, yeah, I have a much more appreciation for it and like just how it was shot and yeah, all that. I thought it was yeah, really interesting and cool. I okay. Yeah, I think I've uh, worn my opinion on my sleeve on this one while you guys were going. I love this movie a lot. It is super underrated. I feel like nobody ever really talks about it on the internet at all. And they should. It's early Mike Flanagan, but it's still good. It's still Mike Flanagan. Yeah, I think I'm learning that I actually really like him a lot from Midnight Mass and then Yeah. yeah. I mean Doctor Sleep, like that movie alone. Yeah, Doctor Sleep is good too. Yeah, because that's the first time I knew the director by name for it. Cause like I saw Oculus first, but I think the first time that I watched a movie that I really loved of his was Doctor Sleep. Yeah, uh, he did Hush and Gerald's Game. Those are both equal quality. Very simple movies, but yeah. very good. I mean, that's the thing about horror movies is in a lot of ways, when it, the more simple it is, the more effective it can be. Absolutely, yeah. Um, yeah, I really love it. <laughs> All right, with general thoughts of Oculus out of the way, let's do, let's mix things up. Let's go general thoughts sinister right away, too. Again, E. Hello. What'd you think? This is good. It's a very good movie. I actually wasn't sure how you would think about Sinister. Um, same, honestly. It's a little slow, but I think it disperses interesting ideas and stuff enough for me to keep wanting to go on. Okay. Because, like, with The Exorcist, I just felt like there wasn't enough between every slow bit for me to be fully invested. But this one, I think, had enough. And I think there's, like, a lot of really interesting ideas i'm gonna say i think it's a little cheap on some of the jump scares i agree but i think ultimately it's really like interesting seeing everything being pieced together and how it kind of turns the tables on its own idea yeah it it's a really good mix of supernatural and like slasher not really slasher slasher, like true crime true yeah 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 i guess i'm not i'm not too well versed in the true crime 
great myself. Some of the best stuff in the I world. Don't, I don't really look into crime, true or false. <laughs> <laughs> um, so su- surprised you, would you say? I would say it surprised me, but I liked it. Right, I guess it couldn't surprise you because you didn't really know of its existence. Yeah. <laughs> Not even that. Like, even if you told me the back of the box prior, I don't like. It would have been like, okay, yep, that's what I expect. Okay. Because, like, even like one of the twists in the end, I kind of guessed already going in, but at the same time, I was prepped into the mindset. Yeah. Like, maybe if I watched this instead of all the slasher stuff and other Halloween stuff prior, I might be a little more like surprised but hard to say okay okay uh robbie so for me um i have a little bit of a problem that he had with exorcist like it is kind of slow in some sense um it does have a good mystery to it though like i like i do like the true crime aspect where it was like piecing together these crimes and how it happened i'm actually weirdly a fan of how it kind of mixed in found footage without it actually being a found footage movie with like I won't go too much into that because it gets into spoiler territory, but uh, I did like that kind of aspect of how they shot that and kind of made it almost like layering stories on top of each other. That mm-hmm. was pretty interesting. I will say this movie did come out towards the tail end of whenever jump scares were, were popular, and so there were some cheap jump scares in there that really just don't need to be in the movie, if you ask me. There are two extremely terrible jump scares in this movie yeah. that I absolutely hate. Yeah, and I, I think I know which ones you're talking about yeah. too, but we'll get to that. Yeah. Um, I think for me that that is kind of a downfall for the movie is that it, they felt like they had to put in jump scares for it. Other than that, I did like the storyline to it. Um, slow bits didn't like. I guess they didn't really bug me too much, but I think it's kind of how it was pieced together. So, okay. but all in all, I'd still say it is a good movie. It is still worth the watch. Cool. Bam. Um. So I think. This movie doesn't hold up as well. <laughs> um, like, I thought it was... I really liked it the first time I saw it, and I thought it was a lot scarier. <laughs> now, not not so much, and I think some parts are a bit cheesy. I really like some parts still, but I think oh, there's a few things that just don't hold up well at all, and some of those things are like the cheesy jump scares and stuff like that. It has yeah. been about a decade. Yeah. Just about, yeah. Yeah, so um, it hasn't aged super well in some spots, but um, yeah, I mean, I still like it, and I think it's, I don't know, story-wise pretty cool, at least some cool concepts, maybe not always um, done perfectly well, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I like it a lot. I I agree with you. There's some stuff there that doesn't really hold up very well at all. Um, one scene in particular, I think, isn't like I I thought it was shot well at the time, and I was like, it's not really scary, but it's shot well. Um, uh, and now looking <laughs> at it, it's just silly. Yeah, the one scene. I wonder. I, I, I bet I, I could guess it's what probably, it is. No. Yeah, it's um, I don't know. I don't. I I I can't spoil it. I guess, but <laughs> it's uh, it's just silly whenever I watch it now. But yeah. I think that Ethan Hawke, right? That's his name? Yeah. 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 I'm terrible with names. Uh, he fucking nailed this. Oh, yeah. Um, In a weird way, this movie would almost work if he was the only character. Yeah, honestly. Mm-hmm. This, this movie revitalized his career. Because he was... Really? He was almost a non-actor at the time. And this movie came out and really 
kickstarted him back into prominence, honestly. Hmm. Uh, there's a new movie that we actually saw today uh, when we went and saw a new movie, which we'll be speaking about on post-credits, Halloween Kills. I, I guess it's not spoilers saying that we watched that. Okay. Um, and we saw a trailer for a movie that he is in that looks kind of cool. Oh. The, the phone box, the black phone, something like that. Oh, yeah. I think it's like black phone. Yeah, I think that's what it was. Or the black phone box or something like that. <laughs> yeah. I remember the title of it. That's probably bad news. A but, phone of a box. Uh, it looked really cool. He's acting his fucking ass off in that trailer, so I'm looking forward to that movie a lot. Okay. Yeah, I didn't know that like his career was in trouble at any point in time. I just thought that because he's Ethan Hawke, he just kind of does whatever movie he wants to do. He was just kind of irrelevant at the time is all. Yeah. Not that his like career was in peril. He just wasn't anybody that... Someone People was like, talked about. we need to get Ethan Hawke for this role. Right. Mm-hmm. Which now he is kind of like pretty popular in the horror scene, actually. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, I think another thing, because we've watched a couple movies that he's been in on this, and he's more into like crime, like crime dramas almost. Yeah. He does. Like, he, plays a, a, he plays like a corrupt police officer in quite a few movies. Yeah. He just kind of plays a corrupt person in most of his movies, yeah. actually. <laughs> this one, too, I might hurry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's also one of those things that I've, like, listening to interviews that he's done in the past, like, I think he just likes playing complicated people. He does. He does. Um, yeah, I liked it. But um, before we go on and talk about these movies individually, what I want to do real quick is just ask real quick, anything new in anyone's life? Let's start with Sam. Um, not. Really? No. <laughs> I'm so sorry, but there's just not anything that great to talk about. Uh, have you finished? Have you have you have you visited any cool graveyards lately? No, but we did go on to a nice park. We yesterday. took pictures we like took on a bunch nice of rocks. Pictures. Yeah, it's yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah, just some nice looking rocks. I don't know, like <laughs> if it's we're supposed to be there technically or not. It's weird. <laughs> I just like the idea trails. of just like, yo, look at that rock. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why you apparently are using a, a film camera that has a click nowadays, but that's what everyone does. <laughs> but yeah, that was fun. Been taking a lot of pictures, doing yeah. more artistic stuff since I'm not working as much, so I have more time for that. More um, hobbies. Yeah, I've been working a lot of on a lot of that stuff. So. Yeah, I wish I could have more hobbies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of Mister, wish you could have more hobbies. Yeah, uh, anything new with you? So I picked up ten hobbies this week. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. Um, actually, first thing that Sam kind of reminded me of is uh, like a couple weeks back. Actually, uh, me and Jell decided that we were gonna like try taking more walks together. Yeah, but she wanted to do it whenever I got off work, which I usually get off work at like three o'clock in the morning. Oh no, that's not when you take walks. No. That's when you get murdered. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's when you go to McDonald's. Ooh, that's a good point there too. You would think that, but the McDonald's around here turn off their systems around 3 o'clock in the morning, so unless you have just plain cash, they won't take your order. You don't carry just plain cash? No. What about car cash? <laughs> Not enough. Air cash? Eh. Cash Three cows. Sea cash? Fire cash? <laughs> uh, but anyways, uh, there actually is like a little trail that's near where we live, and we're going to go walk that. Literally 10 feet into the trail, we heard, like, animals rustling around in the bushes. It's like, nope, I'm out, and walked away. <laughs> yeah, it's 3 in the morning. What are you doing? There's probably a bear out there. Like, seven homeless people just having an orgy out there. <laughs> that might have been the sound of the bushes rustling. 
uh other than that uh because it's just my style to do this apparently is uh i watched malignant right before they took it off of hbo max of course <laughs> i even told you don't do that and what do you do that. I watched it exactly at midnight. Jesus Christ. The night that it was. You should just tell them everything's going to be taken off. I know, the, just like the, the day. week of. I yeah. <laughs> like, oh, you better watch Midnight Mass. It's going to be taken off in three hours. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's that. I did start watching Squid Games, which I'm almost done with that show. I'm on the last episode. Nice. But I had to stop because I had to come here to do the, or to do the podcast. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, other than that, I found, like, I haven't really played it yet, so I don't have anything really to say about it, but I heard some stories. About it. it's like become relevant again for some reason, but this little game called Rekindle, which I guess was like an obscure little indie horror game that was made by one person, like way back in two thousand three, I think, and uh, it was like, I guess in a weirdly infamous in the let's play settings. I don't know a whole lot about it, but it's because I don't want to spoil it too much for myself before jumping into it. But okay, I, hopefully I can get back to you guys on that next week. All right, sounds good. Yeah. All right. Well, E, anything Hello. new with you? Uh, not really drawing stuff. <laughs> <It's> mostly. <laughs> Are you drawing stuff for E and D doodles? I mean, always, D &E of course. D and E doodles. It's alphabetical. I don't know why you guys keep <laughs> reversing it every time. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, but that's just like a, that's the eternal thing. It's like, I don't say, oh yeah, I went to work. Like, that's just I a do. part of my life. <laughs> yeah, but you go to work most, <laughs> I was going to say more days than me. I don't think that's true, but. <laughs> I mean, I work five days a week. I just work longer hours than yeah. you, I think. Yeah, probably. That's the more majority of your life. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> How's the channel going? It's going. It. I. I mean, I'm enjoying what we're doing. There you go. That's yeah. what's. That's that's what's important. Yep. The thing that matters. Get a better mic. No. Um. I don't <laughs> have one. Did you gonna get one? That's expensive. Yeah. You're right. I, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Dry has a spare Yeti. I, yeah. Uh, I don't know how it will do with room with, sound. Yeah. There's a cat in my apartment that yeah. likes to go, hey, feed me. That thing definitely has loud or very loud for its pickup options. Also, just if it's quiet enough, I can hear my neighbors upstairs walking. Cool. So I doubt I want that to be on. Yeah, probably not. Um, Cool. Yeah. But yeah, just drawing stuff for my game. Making concept art for my Star Wars video that I recorded almost half a year ago. Yeah, like March, April. I think I think February. Honestly, really, man. Huh. Well. Yeah, so I'm, <laughs> I'm making concept art for that because I'm like I'm not just gonna draw the Star Wars characters realistically. That sounds awful. Yeah, it's fair. Cool. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, nothing new with me except for the last 24 hours have been awesome for watching horror things. Kind of. Uh, I saw a very sheep movie and a movie that I don't know what to think about. A very sheep movie? So much sheep. Sheep in the big city, the movie. Is that like, okay. like one step below Iceland. an extremely goofy movie? Um, I think it's one step above. <laughs> really? Yeah, but that's just because I really hate Goofy. So, it's barely Hard. one step above Goofy movie for me. <laughs> An extremely Goofy movie. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, my bad. Extremely Goofy. So much skateboarding. Uh, isn't that like the end of that movie is skateboarding? That's the, the end of that movie's X Games. Oh, right. Okay, good. <laughs> That's the one where Goofy goes to college. And also Max goes to college. Uh, yeah, that movie sucks. 
anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess let's start talking Oculus and okay. some things that we really liked about it. So, I think that this is one of the most intelligently written movies as like character wise like everything that you think of like maybe they should do this like they do it I, even, so so hilariously <laughs> in this screening when we were watching it eat like fucking line for line he would be like say a joke and then the, <laughs> the character would said, literally said. say what he just said i think that might be more speaking of how predictable i can be at times rather than the intelligence <laughs> of the movie to be fair it is intelligent because like uh one of the bad parts of horror is like it's full of like, no, don't run upstairs. No, don't hide in the closet. Yeah. No, don't put your hands up. That's not going to save you from a knife. Like things like that. Like uh, just like a bunch of characters doing dumb things. But this movie doesn't really have that. Like both the characters are both the main characters, I should say, in this movie are rather intelligent and do intelligent things. Yes. Uh, which I guess we should say what the plot of the movie is. We read the back of the box, but we should say what actually starts everything off. Um, there was a horrible incident when our two leads were younger, which led them to being separated. One went into foster care and the other went into uh, hospital care and was looked after in that way. And when he finally comes of age, I think it's 21, 18 or 21? 21. 21. He's released from there because he's finally been deemed to be... Sound of mind, I think. Sane. Sane, yeah. Yeah, they say that... Sane enough they to no live longer, out in the world. They no longer feel that he is a danger to himself and others. Yeah, yeah. so they let him out. And he immediately goes and meets up with his sister who runs auctions. She does like behind the scenes on like yeah, auctioneer yeah. things. I think it doesn't really say too much in the movie, but it kind of like hints that her fiance owns an auction yeah. house and that she helps run it with him. Yeah. And when you see her introduced, her ponytail just waves back and forth and it's mesmerizing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how you don't notice that. <laughs> yeah. It's like a pendulum. She definitely has like, Hair, interesting hair in this movie. Yeah, well, well it's just like because it's her, very she got bangs for days. She does. Well, yeah. I, the, I mean, the ponytail thing has to be intentional because it's very counterproductive to how she just walks because she's walking very like stoically and very in a straight line, and her ponytail is swinging like a pendulum. Yeah, yeah. Um, which some of that might be because she had to wear a wig for. Okay, yeah, that might be part of this movie. Uh, hmm. because this was her first American role. She had just come off of Doctor Who. This was her first American role was this. And then she went on to do, um, not Guardians of the Galaxy, but she was in some other movie. The Guardian. No. no she was in Guardian of the Galaxy. She was in Guardians of the Galaxy, yeah. but that wasn't her next movie. She had to, like, cut her hair short for the next movie she was in, and then after that she was in Guardians of the Galaxy. And so she went from extremely short hair to no hair. And so she had to wear a wig for most of, like, a bunch of pickup shots for this movie. Mm. Yeah. So that explains the bangs. Bangs for days. Yeah. Yes. Her, like, entire head is bang. <laughs> All bang. Yeah. <laughs> Don't go to that website. <laughs> 24 hours a day. All bang. Uh, and if you have time afterwards, Neil Ban. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the crossover film was real weird. <laughs> Um, but yeah, and so she has been hunting down, we learn later that she's been hunting down this mirror for quite some time, and she had finally found it, because it was a mirror that was in their childhood home, and she thinks that the mirror is what caused all of the drama in her childhood home. 
and her brother had been spending the last 15 years or so, or however long, 10... He was 10... So 11 years? Yeah. He'd been spending the last 11 years trying to get it rationalized in his mind what happened and not to blame an inanimate object. And so he comes out of the hospital, what most people would consider sound of mind, and being like, okay, this is the reasoning of everything that happened. Like, here's all the human things of what happened in our childhood. And then the sister's like, fucking mirror, bro. <laughs> More or less. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you actually get a really good introduction to the mirror and her paranoia with the mirror in the auction house even. Yeah, it mm-hmm. kind of shows that she's done a ton of research about this mirror yes. and the history behind it. Yeah. She takes off the, the sheet that's on it to kind of look at it and taunt it and be like, here you are, you bitch. <laughs> and uh, it fucks with her immediately. Uh, which, when I first saw that, I thought it was going to be like, literal ghosts are attached to this mirror. Um, just because the introduction of like, the, it's, a cla- it's a classic shot. Like yeah, every horror ghosts. movie has. When it, when it has ghosts of like, when you look in the mirror, there's, there's sheets and then you look behind you, but there's only two sheets, but in the mirror, there's three sheets. <laughs> Uh, that does that shot, but I think it does it pretty well on this, actually. Yeah. I mean, it kind of toys with that, though, because it's yeah. like, you look behind, there's two sheets, you check the mirror again, there's still three, and you look behind, and there's three sheets behind you. Now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It, it does that really well. Which, um, there's another movie that came out around the same time that I actually confused this movie with whenever I first walked in, uh, Ouija, <laughs> which they do <laughs> the same kind of gags in that one, but they don't do it nearly as effectively. Uh, not Ouija, but we- the prequel to Ouija, which is Ouija Origin of Evil. Yeah. Which Ouija Origin of Evil, also directed by Michael Lanigan. Yeah, but so. not Origin of. I'm not saying Origin. I'm saying the original movie. No, I yeah. think you're. I think you're confusing. No, 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 I'm saying it does the same gag wherever like they look through, um, like either look into a mirror, or, like you know, look through the looking glass to see something that is really there in the ghost world, but not there, kind of thing. I'm saying they do that the same gag, but not nearly as well. I don't think they even do that gag. I think they did that gag for the trailer for Ouija. But not, I don't think it's in the actual movie. I think it's in the actual movie. I don't remember it. All I remember is thinking that the, Ouija, the first Ouija movie felt like a really terrible 2007 slasher movie. Yes. Um, and I mean that with all the disrespect in the world. Yeah. It, it's not very good. <laughs> it really isn't. Because, like, Dry had to, like, talk me into watching the prequel because I watched the first one and was like, yeah, that movie's shit. Like, yeah. this one's actually good. I doubt it. No, no, no. It's actually good. <laughs> I feel like I've seen that movie, but I don't remember... Very good, very throwback to seventies horror. Origin of Evil. I, uh, don't watch. Don't watch the first one. Okay, just don't do it. I own it, but don't. I do may it. have already. So quit owning movies you don't like. I can't. It felt <laughs> weird not to have it. You don't like it. I know. I have an issue. <laughs> the real problem. Back to Oculus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Oculus. Uh, yeah. You see the sheets in the mirror, and then she sees a sheet, and she goes to like, you know, she takes the. Well, she sees the three of them, and she takes the first two sheets off and goes to take the third one off and then is basically jump scared or cheap jump scared by the guy who's moving he's like hey we're gonna go ahead we're gonna wrap up this mirror now so that way you can move it yeah and then she looks back to where she was about to rip the sheet down and it's not there anymore yeah uh which is just like a good introduction to what the mirror is capable of yeah uh before it starts getting really crazy because it's it does get very crazy yeah mm-hmm. uh this movie does a really good job of like kind of introducing to you of like saying like hey this is what it's capable of and then saying like yeah this is all in your head yeah and like kind of setting that sense of doubt of like is she really the crazy one or is like this something that she's really dealing with until it starts actually showing what it's capable of yeah um fast forward a little bit the the brother has met up with his sister 
and talked about like, hey, she found the mirror. And he's like, what the fuck? Yeah. Uh, it's like, like why I don't would wa- you do that? <laughs> I don't want to be involved with this. And she's like, okay, okay, fine. Uh, you just go hang out and uh, I'll, I'll, go, I'll go do my thing. But I got to do it now. And so she goes off, does that, takes the mirror back to her childhood home, which is unfurnished but filled with plants yeah. and which, food and water and cameras. Yeah. Which another thing um, we might mention is that this is a mirror that was actually auctioned off at the auction house. Yes. And she's supposed to deliver it to the person who bought the mirror. But before she does that, she brings it back to her old childhood house. Yes. Because uh, she intends for that mirror to never be delivered. Right. Uh, eventually, a uh, brother gets a hold of her and be like, hey, what's going on? She tells him that what she's doing and he goes there and they meet up and helps her with, get the mirror inside. And then she goes into what I think is one of my favorite parts of any horror movie in the last 20 years. And I know that that might, might sound weird, but it honestly is when she starts explaining the entire history of the mirror to the cameras. Mm-hmm. I can't do it justice because it's like a 15-minute monologue. Where, well, kind of, kind of a monologue, kind of not. Her brother interrupts a lot. but Very quick-paced uh, uh, history lesson. <laughs> yeah, history yeah. lesson of this fake mirror, which it's just... Again, I know I'm going to, everything that we ever watch about my, about Mike Flanagan that he's done, I'm going to gush about it. But the fact that he went and wrote an entire history for a mirror yeah. <laughs> shows that he, he, knows, he knows his shit. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. I mean, in a weird way to compare it to something is um, with uh, Patrick Stewart, whenever he played the king in um, Elder Scrolls Oblivion. Yeah. Uh, for that very short role that he had, apparently they gave him a 90-page booklet on the history of that king to get him into character for that. And he's actually said that he wishes that more people did stuff like that for movies and games and books and everything. That was crazy, because his only line was, Halt! <laughs> <laughs> they started talking about arrows and knees. It was awful. No, just Halt. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. And she just goes into why the mirror is called the Lasser Glass because of, like, who... The first known owner of said mirror. Yeah, where she was able to trace it back to from her own research. Uh, goes into all of the crimes that happened with people who owned the mirror and how it was passed down through history until it finally found their family. And the brother starts going like, you, you know the difference between causation and correlation, right? And starts going into like, we had a couch and then our dog got sick and all this kind of stuff. Our it, uncle died and then someone got hit by a car and our yeah. cat ran away. Yeah. He's like, but the couch didn't cause that, and she gets super pissed off, which is great. Um, I, I can't remember any of the lines exactly because it's just a lot. It's yeah. very, very fast-paced. It's a lot of very fast-paced back and forth of, like, I'm right, no, I'm right, no, I'm right, you're being crazy, no, I'm right. Yeah. Um, I, this scene is also where one of the times I just accidentally correctly predicted the joke. Yeah. Because, like, <laughs> she's like, and... We also are going to give, my brother is going to give up his phone. And I was like, you just got that. And then she goes to get the phone from him and he's like, I just got this. Yeah. <laughs> it was really good. <laughs> um, but yeah, she also goes into explaining all of the safety measures that she's put into place. Because in her beliefs, the mirror actively fucks with you and makes you believe things are there or not there. It messes with your entire reality. And so she has a bunch of safety things put in place, a bunch of timers like, hey, when this timer goes off, got to eat. When this timer goes off, we have to drink. When this timer goes off, we have to set the cameras. When this timer goes off, we have to reset the anchor that is attached to the ceiling that she will be putting the mirror on the wall. And when that timer goes off, the anchor falls and hits the mirror and breaks it, which 
in her theory, means that the mirror has to keep them alive because the mirror can't set that timer itself. Which is maybe one of the things in the movie that I have a problem with. Because as as well written as this movie is, and I do think it is extremely well written and the characters are extremely smart, if she were actually smart and not just trying to prove her history and the history of the mirror, it could have actually ended very early. It's one of those things. Yeah, it's one of those like she could have destroyed the mirror right away kind of things. Yeah, because this anchor is a 30-minute timer. Uh, could have just placed the mirror there and the set the timer falls down. And... Yeah, set the timer and then left. But uh, it's a movie. Right. So that doesn't happen. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, there's other dumb things that she does to, to it, but she does it in that whole like scientific hypothesis of it. Yeah. Of uh, the mirror tends to feed on things. Like if uh, whenever they were kids, it fed on their plants, which is why all the our house plants died whenever they were kids. And so she put plants around it to like and like things that would feed the mirror, and also bought a dog that she aptly named Dog. <laughs> Another joke she, I correctly guessed. <laughs> yes. Yeah, because she planned on feeding it to the mirror as a way to like get its power up so she can prove that it's doing these supernatural right. phenomenons. And like mm-hmm. if she left the mirror in a way that it couldn't feed on anything and set the timer and walked away, yeah, this movie would have been over in ten minutes. I mean that's kind of a point though, because she does want to prove that it does exist. Yeah. She wants like, to prove her brother and her father's innocence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's, if she just destroys the mirror, she doesn't prove anything. Yeah. 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 So just loses her job. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which the brother points out as well. Yeah. But it's one of those, she does a very dumb thing for like a smart reason. Yes. Yes, I agree. Um, but yeah, from that point on, it's all about discovering what the capabilities or the supposed capabilities of what this mirror can do. Mm-hmm. Whether you end up believing that or not. I'm going to say from here on out, spoilers for Oculus, actually. Yeah. Because I think the things that are really yeah. fun to talk about with this are very, very heavy on the spoilers of what's really going on in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I will say, like, this is kind of where it starts setting, or before we get to spoilers, I should say, this is where it starts to set doubt in the mind of, like, the brother coming up with rational explanations of everything that happened when she was a kid, then her saying, hey, it's the mirror's fault. And, like, so it kind of does, like, that, is it really the mirror? Or did, like, fucked up things happen when they were kids and now she's dealing with it in her own way and he's coming up with rational explanations because that was taught to him by the doctors and who was actually right and who's wrong. Yeah, I would say up to right before we go into spoilers, the point where we're about to go into spoilers, I think it does a really good job of making you actually question both characters and right. what reality actually is going on. Which, spoilers from here on out. Okay. They have an argument at the end of her explanations about, like, what the mirror is capable of. She's like, okay, if you don't believe me, destroy the mirror. So he, like, picks up a stool. He, like, goes to go and hit it, and he starts talking to her and saying, like, none of this is real. This is all in your head, and you're just trying to justify this because you can't live with all of the guilt of what happened. You can't deal with what I did or what our father did. He was a horrible man. Like, why'd you put down the stool? And then, like, for for a second, he's just, like, justifies it immediately. He's like, because I'm trying to make a point to you that this isn't what's going on. And I believed him when I first saw it. Yeah. <laughs> Even though it, it, like, probably watching it a second or third time around, it just kind of almost feels like, well, if I agree with you, then I tell you that you're right. So fuck you. Yeah. I mean, I mean that. Because, like, his argument immediately is because you just lose your job. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, which is which is great, and I think it's like even even at that point, it's still like I don't know. This guy might have a point. Like she might be fucking crazy. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> like they put him in the mental hospital, but she's still a little bit wacko. Right, because they do make it a point to say that she never had anybody to talk to and help deal with everything that they experienced as children. So this is just something that festered for years. Yeah, and she ended up owning the house and like having it forever. All these things in her life, she just kind of always carried, right? Literally in her life, not just mentally, like he had to. Um, I want to talk about their childhood stuff. Because yeah. the way that this movie is, is not like chi- adulthood, childhood, and then adulthood again. It's all mixed in. Yeah. So mm-hmm. in order Sometimes to- in the very same scene. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really actually difficult to talk about both of them at the same time because it gets very confusing. So I want to talk about the childhood and then talk about what happens when they're adults. Yeah. Um, which, speaking of which, that's mostly what I forgot <laughs> in this movie. I for- Like, I knew that there was a couple childhood scenes, but I thought that's what it was, is like little snippets of childhood. Mostly them stuff are mostly the stuff in the house and like a little bit more snippets of it. I forgot how much of their childhood is actually in this movie and like kind of baked in with the scenes. I thought it was just mostly those two in the house. It's like half and half. Yeah. yeah. But that's the thing is I only remember the half of them being adults in the house. <laughs> that's funny, actually. Um, yeah. So in their childhood, they move here. They obtain the mirror through just some sort of antique sale. You don't really yeah. get to know why they have it yeah. just that he has it yeah well it's it doesn't really say what their dad does but he's pretty well no, it, off it said he's a a tech something no like specifically software engineer or so, something yeah along software those engineer lines. that's what they say yeah. yeah but yeah he's pretty well off because like it's one of those things wherever him and his wife are talking and she says like did you really have to go and get a mirror that extravagant and he's like well i was pretty okay with getting all ikea but you wanted to give some house the care or the house some character yeah uh they're very well off. It's a yeah. huge fucking house. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would say it's probably like three, four bedroom su- suburb house. Yeah, and like giant living area, nice kitchen, giant nice backyard. Giant front yard, giant yeah. backyard. Yeah, it's it's n- an office. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it has its own office with a really nice oak desk in there. Yeah, it, they're very well off. Right. He works from home for the most part, it seems. And... um. In their childhood, what ends up happening is the mirror, to put it plainly, corrupts the father immediately, pretty much. Yeah. Because it's in his office, so he spends the most time with it. Um, but I like in in the kids' heads at the time how they don't know it's the mirror and they think it's just him having an affair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Be- well, in a way, he is having an affair, really, though. I think they even say that in the movie. A spiritual affair, if you will. Yeah. Like, he is having an affair, but just kind of with a mirror. Which weird saying that sentence out loud, but yeah, um, the actual things that happen is once the mirror starts corrupting the father, he starts treating everybody like complete fucking garbage, and that's a lot of the really dark stuff. Because this movie is dark. This movie is a lot darker than I think mm. I really remembered it being. Yeah, same here. Because the mom ends up going crazy because the. The mirror also ends up corrupting her as well. Yeah. But the father breaks her down first. Yeah. Well, he, father breaks her down, and then the mother's also wondering, is like, is he having an affair? Because, like, the kids are out playing laser tag one day, and the daughter, like, looks into the office from the, the window and sees a woman standing behind him while he's running there. And, like, the kids just say, like, oh, like, who is that lady in your office today? And he responds, like, oh, wet lady, and kind of walks away from it, almost like he's trying to hide something. Yeah. I think I'll... 
I think all of that is like super purposeful. Um, because like the mirror does feed off of like like maybe chaos and like destruction and yeah. yeah. Um the discord of the family. Yeah, so like it shows the kids and then of course the kids might say something and it'll break down the um wife more and yeah, so it just all kind of falls apart. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it does feel very purposeful. Like the mirror knows to go for the father and use the father to attack the wife so the wife isn't there for the kids. Mm-hmm. And the kid yeah, it it's smart. The mirror yeah. is smart, god damn it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know why, but it is. It's had two centuries. Yeah. yeah that's fair. At uh, least. I, I will say though, like, um, it's also in a way like the mom is more or less driven crazy because like she's always in the house too. Yeah. So like on top of yeah. she's she's not sure if her husband's being faithful to her, so she has that burden on her mind. She's just a house mother. She probably doesn't, you know, who's knows how long it's been since she's actually worked. She also has to deal with the dog that constantly is barking at this office and like it's just all driving her up the wall eventually. And- yeah. And it's just like being around the mirror is gonna fuck you up. It's like <laughs> say. If you had, like, mold in your house, if you're around it, like, constantly, you're going to be sick all the time while you're around (laughs) it. But if you leave for a while, it's probably not going to be as bad. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. Yeah. It might be better than the, uh, what I was going to say, I was going to say it's almost like if he had a piece of uranium just sitting in his office. As one does. And then eventually he gets radiation sickness from it, because, uh, but, you know, he goes away from it every now and then, so, like. One thing that you notice is because, like, the father is kind of, like, getting darker and, like, you know, a little bit more sinister. Mm -hmm. But then he goes and he has, like, that trip where he's like, okay, I'm going to go play golf or have a golf meeting. And he comes back from the golf meeting and he looks fine. He feels fine. But the Mm -hmm. mother, on the other hand, she since she's always at the house, she never gets better because she never gets any rest from it. Yeah. Yeah. It's constantly feeding on her. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which is, I think, uh, maybe it's jumping ahead here, but I think is why it feeds on her and makes her... Uh, what's what's the word rabid almost yeah it turns her into almost like a beast uh just immediately wants to not immediately i guess but wants to just kill the children uh that's her first instinct and kind of goes rabid to the point to where the father uh having been basically possessed by the mirror as well at this point chains her up in their bedroom mm-hmm. and um just leaves her there and then <laughs> the father just decides to stop buying food yeah. yeah. No, it's on the list. It's on the list. It's you're right. It's on the list. <laughs> yeah, it's something that we it's something that we actually made a comment on is like whenever they open up the fridge, there is like a jar of pickles with only like a couple pickles left in there, an open beer, not and, drank. Yeah, not drank, just opened. Just mm-hmm. opened it, and then what looked like milk, maybe in there, yeah. if I remember correctly. And that's it. That's all that's in their fridge. And like, Dad, like we need to get food. It's on the list. Like, okay, um, what about mom? What about your mother? She's really, really sick. She needs to go to the hospital. It's, it's on, on the list. list. <laughs> <laughs> um, which is something I want to say before I forget with the mirror and how it like corrupts people. Something that's fun that Mike Flanagan has done is he's put the mirror in almost every one of the things that he's directed. It might be in all the things. What, really? Yeah. I'd never huh. noticed that, actually. It's, it's literally it's the same mirror. Hmm. He, he puts it in everything. Um. He bought that thing, goddammit, he's going to use it. Yeah, I actually, I kind of want to rewatch Midnight Mass to see if the mirror's in there in, like, yeah. Bev's house or something. <laughs> um, but yeah, he it's been spotted for sure um, in the basement of Ouija, Origin of Evil. It's the headboard for Gerald's game. It's 
Uh-huh. On the walls in the Haunting of Hill House, and it's in the Overlook Hotel in Doctor Sleep. Hmm. Oh damn, that's kind of cool. Yeah, actually. So he's he's put it in there. That's like yeah. his director Easter egg. It's like the Conjuring verse, but like better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the mirror is causing so the, all this evil. Yeah, I was gonna say the mirror is behind all those all along. Yeah, it's uh it's fun how he he puts that kind of stuff in there. I I would bet it's literally in everything he's done, and it's just hard to find it sometimes. Yeah. Because I would awesome. never have guessed that it was the headboard and like the oh, Pixar me truck. <laughs> like the what? The Pixar truck. Yes, exactly. Like the Pixar truck, <laughs> except evil. Oh, you don't know. So the Pixar truck. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, after that, the kids I think actually are really smart because, in like most horror movies, you're like why don't they just like leave the house and like go find help? Mm-hmm. And the kids do that actually. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. uh, it's when like the daughter she tries calling nine one one about it. And 911 says, we need to talk to your father about it first. Well, she and tries calling a hospital, like yeah, a doctor. Yeah. And then the, the, the brother's like, oh, was it, did they say the same thing? Yeah, exactly the same. Exact same, same voice, thing. too. Yeah. <laughs> so it's really just the mirror. Yeah. Because <laughs> it is something that she does say is that it can manipulate phone calls. And so yeah. like, if they need to make a call, they need to walk outside to do it. And right before that scene, there's actually a scene where the, uh, the brother tries to go outside to call somebody, and he keeps on getting a... We uh like you know, almost like a busy signal. Like we can't take your call right now. Please try again later. Yeah. And then whenever uh he comes back to it, he's sitting on the floor, like right in front of the doorway of the office. And That's like, in the present day. Yeah, in the present not day, in the, not when they're kids. Oh yeah, not yeah. when they're kids. But yeah, in the present day. <laughs> so that happens right before that scene. Whenever she tries calling the hospital as a way to show like, oh, the mirror's fucking with them by making it to where they can't call anybody. Then she just like straight up leaves the house to go grab a neighbor and say like, hey something's happening with their parents. Can you come take a look, please? Yeah. In yeah. the scene where it really solidifies, like, um, the mirror's really kind of fucking with them is, you know, when they're having the argument. And um, it, it, it's really odd because <laughs> you don't know what's real and what's not after this, especially. Um, but basically, they walk outside and they're still arguing and, like, um... You wouldn't think anything of it, really. But then they go back inside, and the cameras are, like, facing each other. Yeah. And then they go back to look at the footage, and it shows them moving the cameras facing each other. While they're having that argument that neither of them remember. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> the first shot of them having that argument, they're walking around the kitchen, aren't they? Yeah, they're, like, walking around the, ki- the house. They're just, like, yeah. arguing, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then when it goes back to show the footage, they're having the same exact argument but they're inside the office while they're having it, moving the cameras. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's when you get that like moment where she like points at her brother's like, aha! <laughs> <laughs> Poof, motherfucker. Yeah. It was a really good moment. Yeah. Actually. It's really, it really does like seamlessly like blend reality with like whatever the mirror is trying to do. It's yeah, it's, <laughs> it's great, honestly. Yeah. And it, the, the thing that I like about it so much is that it's able to mix what you think is happening, or what what is reality? What is the mirror showing them with their adult life? And it mixes in the childhood story and all of that, which makes yeah. some of this so difficult to talk about. But like, it literally does like go from like adult walking, and then a kid comes in the shot, and now it's the past. It like doesn't have to say anything, and you just know it. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's one of the things I like about this so much. Yeah, like I was saying, like it really nails this weird back and forth between the that but it's still really cohesive surprisingly yeah, like it is. there's not like any moment you don't know where we are 
basically. Uh, I mean, the mirror doing whatever it does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like, you don't like. Okay, this is past, and it's like around this time frame. Yeah. I think some of that might have to help with it too. When it's it's not like jumping between times in the past too. Like it's not like here's when the dad gets loads the gun, and then now here's like a scene multiple weeks before. Like it's still like linear and yeah. both storytelling yeah. mm-hmm. well like yeah. what they'll do interesting wise is they'll have like the adult version of them walking one way and then you see the kid version of them walking the other way and then it, you're in the past all of a sudden it's showing scenes that were happening whenever they were kids and then the camera will zoom out showing the adult version of them watching what happened in the past in that cer- or in that section of the house yeah and it does it all very seamlessly to where like like you guys said it, it doesn't have to tell you that it's jump cutting from one side to the other they just blend it together very well yeah, and even though one's in the past and one's in the present or future, whatever you want to call it, they're different stories that are also somehow telling a new story, too. Right. Which is, I don't know how you write that. <laughs> Flanagan Carefully. himself got, like, super, super, uh, not distracted, but, like, confused early on. So he very purposely had to change the font that he was using for the past scenes <laughs> while he was writing it. So he would also just at a glance know that it was a past yeah, scene. Hilarious. So he had like, you know, the present scenes in Comic Sans and then he had the past scenes in Papyrus. Uh, in italics. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Still Comic Sans though. Yeah. yeah, yeah still, obviously Comic Sans. <laughs> the best font in the world. But yeah. Back to like the kid stuff. Uh, they after that they call the doctor to try to get help. They go out to a neighbor to try and get help, and the dad is able to be very convincing while hiding his very bloody hand because yeah. he's just ripped all of his nails off of his hands. Which I think that's actually probably the very first scene. It it kind of shows the fuckery that the it, or that the mirror can do because like he you know he picks at his nail or he bites his nails as yeah. like a nervous tick, and he eventually bit one of them down so close that it bled. So he had a band-aid on his finger and then like while he was typing he realized like wow it's really annoying to try to type with a band-aid on my finger so he tried he pulled it off and kind of threw away the band-aid not needing anymore and then looked back down the band-aid was still on his finger but now the band-aid won't come off so he ends up getting a stapler puller to try to pull off said band-aid and then when he realizes what he's doing he's ripping off his fingernail with Mm -hmm. a yeah Yeah. and it shows it (laughs) it's a brutal scene yeah yeah nail stuff is one of the few yeah um scenes that are like make me cringe a bit <laughs> yeah it's yeah. it's hard to watch because it shows it oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. but it's hard to watch it's really good though yeah <laughs> it's like a, it's like one of those two i like knew immediately where it's going it's like oh no i can't watch this yeah <laughs> i feel like as soon as you pull out the staple puller you probably yeah looked i mean, away. well i just genuinely like even when he was just pulling it i was like oh this is going into nail stuff i can't watch this <laughs> i just thought like it was gonna have him actually rip it off with his sh- bare hand oh no he digs into his nail yeah and it's, oh yeah, yeah i mean oh. i know <laughs> it's the worst and he screams that's the best part he's like nailing and he like rips off he's like oh well, i'll put a band-aid on it <laughs> yeah and then he just goes back to work like nothing happened <laughs> like he's not missing a nail now yeah which i would freak out i like scream around upstairs like liz liz <laughs> i would no, you just like, it would have been like liz looks he's just like a little tiny dent yeah exactly it would have been that too <laughs> I feel like that would have been similar to like whenever I was knocking on your guys' door at nine o'clock in the morning, like, do I need stitches? <laughs> yeah, yeah, kind of. Um, but yeah, so that that scene happens. Um, but it goes on once he's able to convince the neighbor to go away. He just looks at his kids and goes back into his office. Yeah, uh, like, don't do that again, or yeah. I will fuck you up. Kind of look, pretty much. 
Um, Either that or like, haha, nice try. Yeah. Which leads the kids to kind of just wanting to, not wanting to deal with it, but like wanting to destroy the mirror. Because at this point, they figured out that the mirror is what's causing the issue. Right. And so they're like, we have, it's one of my favorite lines actually from the, in the movie is the sister says to the brother, we both need to be extremely brave right now. Or we're both going to be extremely brave. Just like <laughs> a good line. Uh, like the way that they say it, like in the, because it says it in the past and in the future, both times like, man, that's fucking good. Well, it's really cool too, because like it's one of the few times where it's a complete swap from the past and the future. Like yeah. it's the brother saying it in the future. Yeah, yeah. And it's- I think that's really clever, like showing the kind of psyche, because the brother. Through all of this, despite everything going against what he learned for 10 years, it's still more headstrong. Yes, he is. He is. He's very sure of everything. Um, And he kind of becomes the sane voice, whereas when they were younger, the older sister took that bearing on. Yeah. I was going to say, it's very much a swap of person. I I don't want to say personalities, but like, yeah, as a kid, he's the scared younger brother that doesn't know what to do or what's going on. She has to be the brave older sister to get him out of this. Yeah. And now he has to be brave for his sister to help her get out of this. Yeah. Um yeah, that ends up happening. Uh eventually the the spirit just decides like, "Hey, uh it's time to do the deed." And gets the father to pull out the gun that he had been hiding, which there was an argument about that earlier in the movie, just yeah. to show that there's a gun. Uh pulls the gun out of his desk, goes up to you think kill the wife who has at this point now not had any food for a while, broken the plate that the food used to be on and started eating the plate. Uh, Even which, though she has no teeth. Yes, yeah, so it's she just, has teeth. Well, just now she doesn't, now she doesn't after the plate. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's all of her teeth. I mean, to be up. fair, I thought it was towards the beginning because like, whenever he first puts her in chains, you see him walking into the room with a chains and a hammer. So I thought that he used that hammer to pull her teeth out. That's where my brain went. No, he used the hammer to put it into the wall. Yeah. 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 But yeah, so she eats her way out of not having teeth, which I can relate to. Uh <laughs> Eating a lot of plates in your day? One or two, yeah. Yeah. They're pretty good, actually. Yeah. I wish I had more teeth for that. Crunchy. (laughs) More teeth for some fine china. Mm -mm. (laughs) I mean, there are a lot of Chinese restaurants. Have you thought about asking around? (laughs) That's how that works. (laughs) I hate that joke. (laughs) I hate that joke, but you can't help but laugh. Yeah. And so he, you think he's going to kill her, but he just frees her? Which, at that point, lets you know that, like, the mirror is just taking both of them over entirely, more or less. Yeah. Or as close to entirely as it can, I think. And the mom just goes crazy, starts running after the kids, trying to kill them. The sister is able to escape, actually. She jumps out the second-story window and gets out, and then realizes her brother didn't make it, so she goes back in the house to go and get him. And gets tackled by the mom, because the the brother was hiding, and then... In a in a moment, the was able to be convinced to not be evil. I guess. Yeah, it was because. <clears throat> I, what I think I like about that scene is like the dad frees the mom, almost in the same sense that like a bad guy would free like a rabid dog on yeah. the protagonist. Yeah, and it plays out that way too, to like the point where the mom grabs the or grabs the sister and like starts to choke the life out of her, and then kind of has a moment of realize a clarity, realizing like what am I doing? It stops. Yeah. Um, yeah, like you said, stops, and then that's when she gets shot by the dad twice, uh, dies there, and then 
the kids are able to run away. They eventually run back down after a few jump scares, which I think work pretty well. They're not like scary, scary, but like they're creepy. Yeah, I think. And I think one thing I did like about this is this was also another scene that blends the past and the present very well of like what's happening. Cause like, yeah, there's a scene where like you run up into the bathroom and then it shows them as adults sitting in the bathroom, but like the sister is still remembering it as if it was the past saying like, is he still out there? Like we can't open the door if he's out there still. And it's like, what do you mean? There's no one out there. And he opens up the door and the dad is standing right outside the bathroom. Yeah. Um, I I would call him deserved jump scares if anything yeah yeah because like there's cheap jump scares that just kind of come out of nowhere and is meant to get a reaction out of people then there's ones that like build up tension to get to that moment and deserve to have that jump scare yeah i think it earns it I, how effective they are is depending on the person i think yeah but yeah they earn it um yeah so they eventually are upstairs they're able to run back downstairs fight the dad off just long enough to grab golf clubs and try and hit the mirror which is as kids when they learned that the mirror will fight them off to make it to where they can't hit it physically. Mm-hmm. They can't just come yeah. directly at it like that, which is how they learn in adulthood to use the anchor like a trap. Right. And like there is a hint of that earlier on in the movie too, but it you don't really, unless you don't realize what's happening. Yeah. You don't realize what's happening until, you know, that happens. Cause like the yeah. mom actually throws, um, throws something like whenever she feels that the dad is cheating, she grabs something off his desk and throws it at the mirror. Yeah. And it, goes off to the side and like you kind of realize that like if the mirror wasn't defending itself it would have hit the mirror yeah um so at that point the the dad is about to kill the sister by once again choking her yes and he also has a moment of clarity and lets the lets her go and they all they get up and then he gives the gun to the brother and he's like nods yeah do it yeah, and pulls the tri- he puts the gun in the little brother's hand, and pulls the trigger for him. That's a little different than what happened. The brother, the dad was holding the gun to the sister. The brother hits it out of his hand yeah, with the yeah. golf club. Yeah, you're right. Picks up the gun and threatens to shoot the dad. And that's yeah, yeah, right. yeah. yeah. You're right. <laughs> that's and a little like, bit different. Yeah, the dad like puts the gun or the gun in the son's hand, cocks back the hammer, tells the kids to run, and then pulls the trigger for the son. Yeah, which is how you learn how the the last or glass in the future or present, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> has the crack in it because he gets shot, falls back, and hits the mirror. And that's what yeah. gave it the crack. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which damaged the mirror enough to make it go into hibernation, I guess? Yeah. I don't know if I'd say that. I think mm-hmm. it just... I think it's just the kids finally got away. And so, like, because they do... Uh, one thing that happens in the present, like, whenever she first studies, or when they first see that, like, the mirror is starting to control them a bit, is the plants die. And so she sets plants, like, I want to say, like, every five feet or so to see yeah. what it, where its range is at. And I think it's, like, the kids run out of the range of the mirror. And so since they're no longer under the influence, then, you know, they could start to... Well, what I mean by it going under hibernation is because after that incident, she's not able to track where the mirror went after that. Oh. So I think it just didn't do power she, stuff. I mean, I guess she's also just 12. <laughs> yeah. True. And like, she, obviously, she became an but adult. as an adult, she part. tracked everything down. So... And she's like, and the last known incident was us as kids. Whenever she's doing that big explanation, so in my at least in my head, it feels like the mirror. Went I think out. it just went into a storage. <laughs> probably, yeah, probably. It, it might have been one of those like, okay, well, they're no longer paying the mortgage on here, so we, should, we better clear out the house and start taking everything out of the house. That's fair too. Yeah, it didn't have <laughs> like again after that incident, it didn't have anything to really feed off of. That's true. Is the idea. Um, but yeah, and that's how that ends with both of them getting separated, one going into foster care and one going into the uh, mental health system yeah 
Because uh, the police see the incident of what happened and they say, like, well, clearly, like, kid went crazy and shot his dad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and going back into adulthood, uh, less complicated of things that happen. Because it's mostly the mirror fucking with them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It and is a lot of, like, what's reality, what's the mirror um, kind of changing everything around for them. Yeah, you got to slowly see, like, the, like you were saying, the radius of these plants getting sucked in, which is her, her that's her way of knowing how big yeah. the radius is and where she can actually be at and stuff, um, or where it's safe to be. Another thing that she does is, like, she has her fiancé call her. Every hour like, on every the hour. every hour on the hour. Yeah. yeah. Um, and. Um, he actually shows up at one point. You don't know if it's really him or not. But that also goes into this thing where she's using her phone to sort of like detect. Well, it will show like what's reality and what's not because like she, there was like a broken plate on the floor. Yeah. Um, which was not real. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. But on her phone, it like shows no plate. So I guess you can just. Use your phone to tell what's real and what's not. Well, that's the thing. I don't even know if necessarily that's a for sure thing because it really only came up in that scene. And, like, you could argue with the cameras, too. But it's shown many times in the films that what you see on the cameras is fucking with you, too. Like, the scene when uh, the sister is trying to reset the cameras into position. Oh, yeah, yeah. The brother sees on the screen the sister just looking straight at him. Yeah, mm-hmm. in both cameras so, at the same time. Yeah. yeah, like I again, it's just like one of those scenes. It's like, what is going on? Did the fiance come in, or was that the mirror fucking with them? Like, is the mirror just fucking with her using the phone to make her think what's real isn't real, and vice versa? Like, yeah, and that's never answered. It's no. just kind of up to what you think actually happened. Because even at the end, because what happens is he he comes in and she freaks out and stabs him because she thinks it's like a ghost. Yeah. And well, she sees her dead mother. If yeah. I remember correctly. Yeah, and then mm-hmm. freaks out and grabs what she thought was a piece of the plate, but was actually a piece of a plant that she kicked over. Yeah, and ends up stabbing him in the neck, and then thinking like it's the mirror fucking with her until she looks into her phone camera and sees him still. But we never know if he was actually there or not. Right? No, because like what happens immediately after she gets a call from supposedly him. Yeah, and, and like and again, we don't know. Yeah, and it's like hey, haven't heard from you in a while. Uh. Good talk. Call you in an hour, I guess. I don't know. You see, like, ghost version of him later on, but... Yeah. So I don't know. But you don't see a ghost version of him at the end when the three are at the window. True. Yeah. Also, after you see ghost version of him, his body just disappears. Yeah. Hmm. So, don't know. That's another thing. You you don't know. (laughs) Yeah, that's kind of the point of the movie is what is real anymore. And I feel like that's something that he probably put in the movie of just, like, I'll let the audience decide whether that was real or not. Yeah, I think it's very purposeful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then uh, one of my scenes that's actually like right before this is they're walking around because they get an a, a alarm to eat, so she eats apples, and this is like one of those scenes that are just another yeah. fucked up thing. Yeah. I completely forgot about this scene too, to be honest with you. It Which changed it the a- way I think about apples. <laughs> yeah, this scene fucked me up because like I saw it coming as soon as the mm-hmm. brother put the apple down mm-hmm. near light bulbs. I was like, oh fuck. Yeah, you know it's yeah. coming, but it's still just like how it's done is off. Yeah, yeah. It, it's mm-hmm. a scene wherever the camera work of it is just lingering on it. Of like, mm-hmm. yep, that is definitely broken glass into the roof of her mouth, mm-hmm. and you can definitely see that glass in her mouth while she, like it's uh, bleeding and everything. Yeah, and she's and like, like her trying to pull extremely it swollen. Yeah. So yeah. like, what happens actually in the scene is she eating apples and it's like oh we have to change all these light bulbs in the house because it's feeding off the electricity and so she has this box of light bulbs and an apple and she takes the bite of the apple puts it down on the counter she's changing a light bulb light bulb goes out again 
Aha, tricky. That's nice. Takes the light bulb out, puts a new light bulb in, and she puts the old light bulb next to the apple, which immediately you know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she goes and grabs it, and you see her grab it. You see her grab the apple, but it cuts away just a second before her hand actually touches the apple, so you're not really sure. And she's walking away in here, and then you're kink. Yeah. And then she stops walking, and it's an over-the-shoulder shot of slowly, like, spinning around her. And you see a, a light bulb in her hand broken and a bunch of blood on it. And then a bunch of blood in her mouth. And her slowly pulling out a giant shard of glass from the top of her mouth. <laughs> yeah. It's fucked. And it it looks so painful. Yeah. <laughs> and then it cuts to the brother asking, like, what are you doing? And then her holding a piece of apple in her hand while looking at the apple that she actually did grab and take a bite out of. Yeah. And, and her it really like, does linger on that. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, is another, it makes like, you feel the entire, like, every second of that scene. There's <laughs> yeah. another, like, really clever thing where like as it's going on her cheek like unswells it's really weird yeah it's like it's really it's, well done yeah um yeah then after this it's really just a bunch of fuckery with the mirror fucking with them on like what they even think is reality or not because mm-hmm. they go outside and, like to try and call 911 you don't know if they actually did or not and then you see on the inside of the house where the mirror is at the office the drapes open and they're standing in front of the mirror yeah. yeah, and you're like, well, and even there, like, are we actually there? Are we outside? Is the house fucking with us, or is the mirror fucking yeah. with us? What's going on? Just the mirror defending itself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's like, and then they even try calling nine one one again. When they call that time, uh, the nine one one operator just says, "I'm gonna have to speak to your dad first. Yeah, yeah. the same message. Yeah. And so you're like, it leaves you completely unsure about what's happening, mm-hmm. and like that's what's scary about that is because it puts you in the same foot. It puts you in the same shoes, not the same foot. Which are the same shoes as the characters. Like, you know just as much as what they know. Right. And so anything that happens, you're just as confused and just as flabbergasted about what they should do. Yeah. It it is very much that whole gamble of it, though. It's like, are we really outside or really in front of the mirror? Should we let the timer just go out and walk away from this? Or are we just going to kill ourselves on accident because we're standing in front of the mirror while we think we're walking away from the house? Yeah. This is crazy. Because, like... it's just this constant and second guessing yourself, like, what room are we ever in? Yeah. Because, like, you don't even know if they ever actually leave the office, That's quite true. frankly. Yeah. They yeah. could have just stood there the whole time, for all we know. Yeah. Yeah, the mirror could have just, immediately when they walked in, they could have just never had that whole discussion of, like, what happened with the mirror. They could have just been standing in front of it the entire time. There's no way to know. Because there's no way to know of, like, what hold the mirror has on them from when they were kids, either. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just fucking genius. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, basically what's left of the adult story is the mirror constantly putting one of them in front of it while the timer ticks down for the, um, the giant weight on the ceiling. Yeah, there, there actually have been a couple shots even before that too, ever like, you know, they'd be having a childhood memory of some kind and then like they'd kind of wake up and realize they're standing right in front of the mirror. Yeah. Usually the sister, which I think yeah, is usually really interesting. Her, which mm-hmm. it was kind of a foreshadowing for the movie. Yeah, which I think it, it actually does show that the mirror had kept much more of a hold on her. Yeah. Because she hadn't been convinced uh, through 11 years of psychiatry that it w- didn't happen. Yeah. Um, and so, like, the mirror just didn't have a hold on the brother anymore at that point, really, until he was a, a day out of the hospital, forced back into literally yeah. the house that he'd just left from the, the normal world. Like, how do you even deal with that? But <laughs> I mean, it's... 
it's almost the equivalent of someone who went to rehab for a couple years and their first day out of rehab, like, hey, let's go to this crack den. <laughs> yeah, actually. <laughs> I know this great crack den. They have really good onion soup. <laughs> um, yeah, and so you it's... aren't ever sure of whether anything is in the, like, if they're ever standing in front of the mirror until the climax of the movie happens and the brother's standing in front of the mirror and he's like, ah, no, no, no. I got you. I'm not dealing with this anymore. And he goes to force the trap to happen. While at the same time, you see the sister kind of giving in to the mirror or yeah. kind of losing her touch with reality because she gives in to the mirror at yeah. the end. She sees herself as a child again and she sees her mother before all this happened. And it's her going to like give her mother a hug of like, hey, everything's okay. Everything's going to be okay while looking into the mirror. Yeah, which is basically like she's done. She would have been completely out of it at that point. And the brother takes the thing, thinks he's going to kill the mirror, but the sister is standing in front of it, hits her right in the spine, right below her neck, and uh, dies. That's, that's, that's how it ends. And the yeah. police show up. Then the police show up because the 911 call that they put out actually happened, yeah, and very, they could have escaped. Yeah, mm-hmm. the very first 911 call was an actual 911 call. Yeah. But because they were never sure of what was actually happening, they couldn't say for sure. And uh, it mirrors exactly what happened to his children with him getting dragged off, blaming the mirror for everything that happened while having to leave his sister behind. Mm-hmm. Uh, an effect, by the way, I just want to say on the ghost that I really like is their eyes are mirrors. Yeah. I, that's just yeah. cool. <laughs> I agree. I really like the effect that they had on the eyes. Might yeah. be a lot of Blade Runner, honestly. A little oh, bit, because, yeah, little yeah bit. like uh, whenever you see far off shots of them, it does that thing wherever, like, you're seeing light in a mirror, so you see the, the yeah. light shining in their eyes and their yeah. eyes glow. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, that's how the movie ends. Yeah. Uh, the heroes don't win. No. no. <laughs> but, I mean, again... Unless it, you count the mirror as the hero. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, again, it really... It still begs the question what even was reality, though. Like, yeah. even yeah. at the end, like, there's still a lot of doubts in my mind, at least. Like, is the mirror even a real thing? Like, was that even yeah. it? Or did he just never actually recover? Yeah, like, wh- actually, was he mentally ill the entire time? Right. Like, yeah. did did he imagine all of this because he couldn't, he wasn't attached to reality? Yeah. It's just, like, crazy shit like that. And, like, I usually don't like the thing of, like, oh, it was, none of it was real all along. I, but this movie kind of leans into that. I think it wants yeah. you to kind of question that. Because, like, even, again, like, the only thing that wasn't seen by the sister or brother is the final shot where the police are looking at camera footage and it shows the brother activating the trap yeah and like that's the only thing that you could basically say is that 100 percent happened yes everything else completely up in the air right (laughs) and uh i guess something i want to get i think it's really clever the like position of the brother and the sister when they're like looking into the office from outside Mm -hmm. the brother is not standing in a place he would have gotten hit yeah he's not like it's it's really good foreshadowing, yeah, of what's going to happen. It is, yeah. it is. This movie is great in yeah. in every sense of the word. <laughs> it really is. I have so much praise for this movie and just Mike Flanagan in general, obviously. But this is this is such a good introduction to his work. Mm-hmm. It really is. Uh, before we go on to talk about Sinister, let's take a quick break and then come back. Okay. All, All right. right. Thank you. 
We had a good break. We have some alcohol now. Aren't we? We're ready to talk a little. Not you. You have a little alcohol. You got a baby alcohol. Yeah, I'm buzzed already. <laughs> Gonna be uh, slurring all my words. <laughs> it's not how it works, but okay. And we we are ready to talk about Sinister, which I think will be a much shorter conversation. Yeah, <laughs> probably. So, Sinister. Starring Ethan Hawke. Yes. St- he is a writer. A formerly very famous writer, actually. He writes true crime novels. In the movie. Not In the movie, yes. He also, Ethan Hawke. Ethan Hawke has written two novels. Oh. Okay. Not famous for writing two no, novels, just, though. No, no. But, <laughs> um, yeah, he is a true crime writer in the movie. And we, well, actually, the first shot of the movie is a group of four people being hung on a tree. Yeah. Silently. It's, yeah, mm-hmm. it's a uh, Super 8 film Yes, of four people who are tied to the branch of a tree, and then one of the branches gets cut down, and whenever the weight of that branch falls down, the four people get lift up yeah. on it, all hanging to death while they're kicking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just silently starts that way, and then goes into silently introducing Ethan Hawke and his family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is a very, like, kind of a haunting way to start a movie. Yeah. Yeah. It does actually play some pretty haunting music while it's doing this, too. It's, like, very low, atmospheric, just, yeah. like, that dread. Drony, like. Yeah. <laughs> I love the score for this movie. The yeah. score is very good for this movie. I listen to it often, actually, because I love, like, the... It's, just, it's cool. <laughs> uh, I think Liz really hates it because immediately, once everybody's starting up, she's like, turn the fucking music off. <laughs> I, think she, I think she's not into it, but... That's um, her problem. <laughs> yes. I mean, so you shouldn't be playing it in bed. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> you just don't get it, E. <laughs> um, so yeah, you're introduced to the family. They're moving into a new house. Uh, cops are there judging them very harshly. Yeah. And the sheriff like goes and has a conversation like, hey, I want to be very clear. I don't like that you're here. I don't like you. I think you've done some good writing in the past, but you're far and away gone from that. Uh, I don't like you here, and I think you should leave immediately. That being said, welcome to the neighborhood. <laughs> um, He's like, I don't like this. Yeah. And just like kind of gestures at the house. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. He even gestures at the house. He's like, by the way, this is in poor taste and walks away. Yeah. Which he's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, which we find out why very soon. Mm-hmm. The, he, the wife ends up having a conversation. She's like, what did he want? You're like, oh, he's just. You just welcome us to the neighborhood, like always, you know. Uh, you're like, hey, one thing before we really move in here. We didn't, like, move down a few houses down from a, a crime scene again, did we? He's like, well, no, no, we can't do that. He's like, okay, okay, we didn't move four houses down from a crime scene. <clears throat> Let's go in the house. <laughs> so they move everything into the house, and he's in the kitchen, like, two minutes later, and he looks out the back, and it's the tree we saw in the intro with the branch broken. Still there. Still there. Still there. Yeah. <laughs> it, which he didn't like. They didn't move four houses down from a crime scene. They moved into a crime scene. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I still was like that. They didn't bother like sprucing up that tree or, you know, removing it or anything. No. I mean, I guess to be fair, I remember at one point in time when I was living in Salt Lake City, I was looking at houses to buy at one point in time before I they told me like I had to build my credit up more. Yeah. And um one of the houses I looked at, they're um like the pictures of the house is just like we're not going to explain what happened. You can tell what happened in the house by looking at the scenes, or by looking at um uh, by looking at the pictures of it. We're all right. It's going to be a fixer upper. You're going to have to deal with cleaning up the house. Forty thousand dollars, and there was just like 
pictures of the house with blood on the wall and like <laughs> oh my gosh. there's shit all over the floor like they had just basically ramsacked this house chalk and it drawing like on the ground <laughs> i wouldn't doubt it if you moved some of the stuff off the floor there might have been some the bodies are still in there <laughs> we got to remove the police tape yeah, like, there's a picture saying, of like, a cop still in the building <laughs> yeah. it's kind of you give us forty thousand dollars and clean up this house on your own it's yours kind of thing and I was just what like, a steal yeah i looked at that and i was like who puts this as a listing <laughs> Someone that doesn't want to pay for yeah, to someone get who just, up. Yeah, someone who doesn't want to deal with it. Man, I would have jumped on that. <laughs> you have to live in Salt Lake City, though. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, with all the Mormons. That is the downer. Yeah. However, the Mormons won't come to your murder house, at least. Ooh, they might come more often, house. I think, actually. Yeah, maybe. I feel uh, like you'd get door-to-doors every hour. No, nah, they'd definitely be too scared. They, yeah. I think they're kind of like ants with, like, wasps, but, like, with crime instead. <laughs> Are ants afraid of wasps? They're probably afraid of wasps. I don't think that's a very Maybe? highly thing that happens. I think that movie Ants, they might... Isn't isn't that like their enemy? Crickets Or was are. it Cricket. Bug's Life? Uh, Bug's Life is crickets. I think hmm. they're both crickets. No, it's beetles and ants. Are, having a, it's not wasps. I no, it's not. It's, it's <laughs> in, in ants because yeah, they have like that weird CGI war scene and it's with wasps. Or it's with oh. the beetles. And yeah. Ants. Yeah. Anyway, and Bugs Life there's is not a whole wrong. lot that I remember about ants, but I remember that there was like a really weird war scene where ever, like that one guy who's not a soldier is the sole survivor of the battle. All I remember about ants is I thought it was really boring as a child. Yeah, me too, actually. It's not a children's movie. Yeah. Bugs Life, way fucking better. I didn't like Bugs Life either, what? quite frankly. I thought that was not fun. You know what? I'm going to say it right here. Ants, just as a bug, overrated. It's too much attention. Ants get too much attention. They can build bridges. I can build a bridge. Ants are pretty cool, actually. You cannot stand here and tell me you right now could build a bridge. I could do it. (laughs) Do it right now. No, right now. No supplies. (laughs) You get yourself and maybe some friends, and that's all you get. I can build a bridge out of friends. (laughs) (laughs) A structured one (laughs) that someone else can walk on? Someone could. (laughs) What, an infant? Yeah, you just... There's no rules for bridges, probably. (laughs) <laughs> There's many rules for bridges. True, I mean, they basically, have to be structurally I mean, sound. That's bridge one. is anything. I mean, Dry is really good friends with a machinist, so <laughs> you don't get tools either. <laughs> you get yourself. <laughs> I'm also pretty strong. I'm pretty sure I could hold Dry if I was holding myself up as a bridge. <laughs> Robbie'd be a great bridge. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I would be a bridge over, but I could make a great the bridge. Grand Canyon, troubled water. <laughs> sure, very different. Yeah. But... <laughs> I don't build bridges. I just burn them. Okay, goth. <laughs> um, and the people on them? Same as the magnifying glass that the weird kids yeah. use to burn all the ants. The people are the bridge, remember? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, that's enough from the that witch a, gallery. Yeah, that was a cool tangent we went on. Um, <laughs> Stay tuned for our Bugs Life versus Ant podcast that we're never doing. Yes. We won't do it. You're right. Anyway. <laughs> Sinister. Sinister. Uh, you learn they live in that house, and very quickly you learn that the children are unhappy about moving so much, so is the wife, but the dad is like, no, no, I need another hit. The last two books didn't land. Uh, I need to be famous again. Yeah. Almost and it, it, exactly what he says, really. Yeah. yeah. And it's, weirdly enough, it's like a weird method actor thing, but he's like a method writer. He can't just do research on this topic and then write a book about it. He has to, like, 
be at the, the crime area. scene and be in the area to do it. Yeah. Because that's what he accidentally did with his first book, where he accidentally was completely correct. Yeah. Which accidentally might be putting a little bit too much like happenstance. He definitely does his yeah. research. He, right. well, he does his research, but they keep on telling him that he got lucky with that first book. Because like, yeah. like they made something together that they missed. Well, like the main thing about his first book is that he wrote it with the idea of he wanted to bring justice to this thing he was finding out. Yeah. Whereas the other books were chasing that lightning in a bottle that he did. Yes. Like, uh, that's more... That's why I feel like saying the first book was an accidental hit is the, doing him a little disservice because it's shown he does some research. That's true. He just is chasing that high now rather than actually going for a reasonable thing. Yeah. yeah. You're right. You're right. Um... And they end up having a giant argument. He's like, hey, just, I just need this one thing. Then we can be done forever. We can go home again. Mm-hmm. And like the daughter's like, can we just go home? He's like, if you don't like it in a year, I'm sure. Yeah. And uh, which obviously he's lying about that because he doesn't really care about them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> cares um, about his book, damn it. Yeah. And which immediately leads into him when they're like packing boxes He in the attic when they're bringing stuff in. He finds this box labeled home movies. In the same home movie font that the show Home Movies is in. It looks almost exactly like that, actually. <laughs> well, those are also home movies. Good point. But animated. Yeah. <laughs> um, I haven't seen much of that show. That show's so good. Anyway. <laughs> I didn't I want to. Yeah, it's just... all improv, isn't it? More or less, yeah. Anyway, sorry, more tangents from E. Uh, <laughs> you talked about an animation. I, I just like, my ears perked up, you know? It's just like a dog. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> animation? What? <laughs> Uh, and he finds these Super 8 films and the projector, the whole the whole nine yards. Yeah. And they're all labeled different things, different years. Later that night, whenever he's able to go and study, he's like, hey, I'm going to I'm gonna go and work, wife. I'm going to set up my, my office. And As one talks to their significant other, hey, wife, bye. <laughs> I mean, I say that whenever I come to edit the podcast. I'm like, hey, wife, I'm going to go edit. <laughs> yeah. You're more sarcastic. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, he does that, and so immediately he jumps into watching these Super 8 films, which the first one he puts on is the hanging that we saw at the very beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. He's very shocked from that. He immediately goes and grabs whiskey uh, the first day there. Yeah. 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 Just from seeing a family. He's like, oh, no. Oh, family. Is this what they're supposed to be like? I can't <laughs> handle that. Bed? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what they're supposed to do. <laughs> and he's like, oh, that was fucked up. All right, what's this next one? <laughs> he's trying to get to the bottom of something something yeah he doesn't even know quite frankly which is what i was saying earlier that i did like about this movie is how they take what's happening with those home movies and kind of gives it almost like that found footage thing but it's like somebody's stumbling upon said found footage yeah that so like, make me want to ask is there a found footage movie about finding found footage like that's like super VHS? meta junk <laughs> vhs is actually that yeah it's, it's always yeah. like a bunch of assholes stumble upon finding a VHS collection of found footage stuff. Yeah. Um, most found footage, the wrapping around it is that they were found. That's the whole found uh, yeah. footage. Yeah. So it's like, this was found at the bottom of a ditch in 1997. This is what happens in the tapes. Yeah. And I just it's like wonder, perfectly like, edited. Yeah, I just like feel yeah, like, is there one lot. where like, they're like, oh, we found this found footage. And then like, in the found footage is another people finding a found footage, like some weird Inception-ass thing. Yeah. yeah. That that, that's VHS, which I think VHS was, like, the first one was three years after this movie, I think. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. 
Actually, can What's we just get Inception basically? with found footage? Just an Inception movie found It exists. Footage? I can almost guarantee yeah. it exists, yeah. Wasn't it basically, what is that? Hell House LLC, is that what it's called? Yeah. Yeah, that was a found footage. That was a found footage. I don't know if it was them finding footage or if it was just showing. There's like interviews and stuff. I don't remember. I think Hell House LLC 2 is found footage about finding find footage. Nice. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then there's like Blair Witch and like Paranormal Activity, but I don't. It doesn't like. Those show are just like one layer, mostly. Though. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like this weird like dual layering. Yeah, nonsense. yeah. I think there's probably a lot out there. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. They're cheap to make, so uh, I yeah. guess. Yeah. Anyway, um, and so he starts watching them. I the second one he watches, I forget if it's pool party or no, the second one was barbecue. the car. Yeah, family barbecue. Family barbecue. Family barbecue, barbecue. right? And it and it shows this family like playing catch and this nice, uh green pasture on this like tire swing while the dad's making barbecue and then it cuts to a car and just going around the car and you see gasoline in there and then people tied up and it goes to a shot straight onto the car and a molotov is thrown in the car and it catches on fire and then the car starts rocking back and forth Mm -hmm. just very disturbing actually all of the um found footage i guess videos are pretty yeah oh yeah 100 percent uh the kind of vibe it's going for is like snuff yeah basically yeah. it's like what if you actually found snuff films like mm-hmm. that's kind of the vibe it's going for yeah which is why and something i wanted to spread out when we were watching it because robbie was like uh super 8 doesn't look this good though this was all shot on super 8 all the super oh, really? 8 stuff was shot oh on super really 8. wow actually yeah. i mean i've i've seen old home movies that were shot on super 8 before and they never looked as good as it did i on mean that there's movie. various tiers of super 8 right yeah i'm guessing that yeah. it might have been like a higher grade camera that, that was super 8 they did on our higher grade film of Super 8 that they shot it on, but but was all Super 8. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Which lends a lot of credence to the look and feel of it all. Right. But yeah. Uh, so sees that and he flips the fuck out and then he puts on another one. And that one's the pool party mm-hmm. where it's just a bunch mm-hmm. of people in the pool. And like you see these glasses filled with like this weird glowy green liquid. It kind of shows that a little bit in these portions. And then it goes on to. One of the ones that I thought looked super, super fake in theaters uh, when we were watching it for the first time, I was like, oh, like, because it's the pool party and they're having fun in the pool. And then it cuts to nighttime and it's everybody being tied to these lawn chair or these pool chairs and then slowly pulled into the pool. And like the reason why in theaters, why I thought it looked so fake was because when the first person gets pulled in, you just see their legs like in perfect timing, wiggling back and forth. I was like, oh, that's like a weird mechanical doll thing. Um... No, not fake. That was a stuntman wiggling his feet. Everybody on those chairs were actually tied to the chairs and put weights on them and pulled into the pool. So, like, the first person that goes in is the one that's (laughs) pretty much fucked. Yeah. Because they have to be in there the longest. Yeah. They might have actually went to the stunt people and, like, okay, which one of you can hold your breath the longest? Yeah, they uh, didn't have a breathing apparatus either. Really? Okay, I was just going to It didn't look like they had to, because, like, um, I know... A fun little fact about some movies, like whenever you see those old, like ho- old, like '90s crime thriller movies, and you see someone floating in the pool, uh, usually they have like a breathing apparatus of some kind, like but mostly just a snorkel hiding in their shirt, so that way they can breathe and you don't see it. There's no way to to do that for these people because you just see their feet; they're completely submerged. Yeah, um, they don't have a breathing apparatus; they just have to hold their breath. Yeah, which Damn. with how quick the shot is, that usually only had to be about ten, fifteen minutes. But still, being literally dragged into a pool, not min- minutes. seconds, seconds. Not okay, minutes. yeah, I was like, what the hell? Only fifteen minutes. Oh, <laughs> yeah, seconds. Come on, you can't hold your breath for fifteen minutes. I e. struggle after ten. <laughs> I yeah, 
Um, another thing that I, I figured out while doing some research on this is the, the family hanging scene mm-hmm. was accidentally real the first time. Oh, oh shit. God. Wait, what? How? Um, so the family that was hanged, uh, they were all stuntmen, mm-hmm. but the stunt coordinator who they had first hired botched up the entire preparation for the whole thing, oh. uh, resulting in all of the actors legitimately being hung on that scene. Lovely. Like, how long did they figure out? <laughs> After the shot. Damn. Oh. Wait, no. Did they die? No. No. no? They were all fine. Uh, so okay. They had minor injuries. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, um, that actually happened to, in Back to the Future 3, mm-hmm. main character in that, I can't remember his name. Marty. Uh, Michael J. Fox. Uh, that scene wherever they hung him, the same thing actually happened with that, where... Uh, because normally what they do is they have like a little brace underneath their shirt and they just yeah. hang off that brace from a piano wire. If that piano wire is too long or it breaks, then they're just being hung. And that happened to him too. So like if you watch Back to the Future 3, uh, that scene where he's being hung, the footage that they've used for the movie, he actually was being hung. So him grabbing at the rope and looking like he's choking, it's because he was actually choking. And so like the scene where he's talking to Doc afterwards and he sounds like his voice is kind of hoarse, it's because he was hung by the neck. Yeah. I thought it was I thought it was more like a harness thing and it's not actually putting any sort of um pressure or any sort of connection to the rope. Depends on the shot. Yeah. Okay. It depends on the shot, but usually with that harness, like I said, they usually just have a piano wire on there because a piano wire can act like even the thin ones can hold a human body. But like I said, if you get that piano wire wrong in any way, shape, or form, the person's just hung. Yeah. Um uh, but the stunt coordinator in this fucked it up. And th- that's not the shot they used for the movie, so we're not seeing people. I would hope so. Like, okay. almost hung yeah. for this that's one. one of my I mean, like, least favorite fun facts is when it's like, yeah, oh, they almost killed this guy. They just kept it. Like, <laughs> I'm mean, fine. <laughs> I won't go into it because of a shot later that would have been even more horrific. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he was fired immediately. <laughs> As he should be. Jeez, yeah. I wonder why. <laughs> like, guys, give me another chance. I always almost killed four people. <laughs> yeah, it's no big deal. Um, yeah, that's, 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 yeah, fucked up. <laughs> they almost yeah. actually made a snuff film. Whoops. Yeah, whoops. <laughs> that's, that would be hard to say to the producers. Uh... Like, hey, you know that movie where we're like fake making snuff films and stuff? We accidentally did that. So anyway, can we have a couple more million dollars to hire some more actors? <laughs> um, that's awful. It's fucked up. Anyway. So yeah, he watches those and um, he's about to put on one more film called yard work and he's about to play it and then he doesn't yeah i realized that's mm. enough snuff for one night i think first it was the the knife one yeah Maybe? oh, oh sleepy yeah. time 96 yeah, sleepy, sleepy time. time yeah 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 he puts on sleepy time which that one's not really that horrifying yeah no it's pretty tame actually it's just like it shows the person going around and cutting the throats of the people laying in bed but not really showing it you see the reflection in the glasses and the the Ethan Hawke's yeah. characters. Well, like yeah. it shows the knife going up to the person's neck, and then it shows the reflection of their throat already cut in his glasses. Yeah, yeah. Well, and the one th- that it blurs yeah. out entirely is there's a kid laying there, yeah, the kid. and they don't show that at all. Yeah, because that would be too much. Apparently, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and then he's about to put on one called Yard Work, mm-hmm. and that's when he gets interrupted because he hears banging, so he starts investigating that. Which, most of this movie, I'm going to say, is him investigating banging around in the house. Yeah, like, yeah. it's late That's at night. Slowly he, he, wandering around. Yeah, slowly wandering around and hearing something in the house, either while he's alone or while everyone's asleep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, also, I want to mention when he first finds the Super 8 footage in the attic, there is a scorpion <laughs> in the attic. Yeah. <laughs> that he uh, drops the box on and some of the boards under that break and then kills the scorpion. Um, in the middle of Stephen King, Colorado, Mainville. Yes. USA. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> um, like scorpions, scorpions like, would not be. Yeah. yeah, like a mountain is like very foresty area. Yeah. <laughs> Probably cooler and not desert. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so he ends up doing that, like looking at all the things, wakes up the next morning, or goes to bed, I think, and then gets up the next morning. As oh, a, no, no, mostly, the thing with his kid. Yeah, because like uh, one oh, of the things right. that he sees, because like he hears something rummaging around, he can't figure out what it is, and then he looks into one of the rooms, and one of the boxes start moving. Yeah, yeah. there's just a box in his front. Yeah, just and sitting like, there, it opens up, and his kid is there. He like does this weird back arching thing and starts screaming, and he, it's the thing is a pretty weird, creepy scare. Actually, it works yeah. pretty well. Yeah, it's not like a jump scare. It's no, slow, like, like tension. I mean, building. you know, mm-hmm. yeah, something's there. Yeah. And so he goes, and it's the kid, and, like, screaming. He goes, picks up the kid, takes him outside. And that's when you hear some dialogue between the wife and him learning that the kid has night terrors. Yeah. Yeah. And he puts him back to bed, get up the next morning, and they start talking about the night terrors and stuff like that, go more into that, about how he hasn't had night terrors like this in a very long time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's one of those, like, he's like, you found me in a box? He's like, yeah, we found you in a box. But to be fair, it's not the weirdest spot that we ever found you in. We talk about the dryer again? Please don't talk about the dryer. <laughs> and then the mom's like, Oh, the dryer that you tried to pee in? Oh, come on. And then the kid walks in. Are we talking about the dryer you tried to pee in? It's <laughs> a very funny scene, actually. Yeah. Uh, end up having that kind of conversation. The kids don't want to go to school. They really don't want to. Hating it because they're always the new kid and they're always picked on everywhere they go. Also, Tell- the dad investigates weird shit. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, during the day, that's, that's all he does. He goes and starts watching more Super 8. <laughs> um, Drinks whiskey. Yes. <laughs> he, he watches the pool party one again drinking whiskey in the dark, and at the end of that one, he sees a weird face in the pool. Um, and he pauses on that. Uh, well, he doesn't pause it. He stops the reels from moving on the Super 8 projector, and it burns the film. Yeah. Because that's what happens. Yeah. I was going to say, fun fact about those Super 8 films is uh, they were very flammable films, and they used a very hot bulb to project the image. All film is very flammable. Yeah. <laughs> However, Super 8s in particular used a very hot incandescent bulb. Yeah. So you, you shouldn't just put a big light on them because it will catch fire. Yeah. Actually, film in general is known for just catching on fire if it's in too hot of a room. Right. <laughs> um, so yeah, that happens. So he ends up getting the idea of like, well, I'm going to get my camcorder out and record me projecting these so I can just have a digital print of all these. I can watch and pause and do whatever I want with. Yeah. <laughs> he learns quick editing tricks about how to splice film together and stuff. And he has that, I guess. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I feel like that's, it's 2012, Amazon is a thing, you can just order that off Amazon. Yeah, just point. imagine it's in like the box night. that he found the home movies in. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. all there. It's all ready. <laughs> like, whatever left it was like, he's going to fuck it up at some point. I mean, just like... <laughs> for something that happens later on, it actually is possible that that was just in the box of the film. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think from here on out, spoilers. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because uh, there's a couple more things that I think are really worth talking about in this. Because like it, a lot of this movie is shock value, I think. Yeah. A lot of it is just building up tension and shock value of, like, where's the payoff going to be, kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I think it does pull it off for the most part. But yeah. Anyway. He ends up getting in touch with the deputy, deputy because he's ro- rummaging around the attic one night because he hears noises. 
and it breaks under him, and he ends up injuring himself, hurts his leg a bunch, so paramedics come. He doesn't want to go to the hospital, so they don't. Both the deputies like, uh, so what was going on? What happened? How'd you fall through your ceiling, buddy? Like, well, I, uh, I heard some footsteps, so I went to go look at it. He's like, uh, you heard footsteps in, in the attic. Yeah. Uh, but the stairs don't close from up there. They only close from down here. That's correct. So nobody could have been in the attic. Uh, yeah. But you heard footsteps? Mm-hmm. I actually saw a snake. Snakes don't have feet. Yeah, snakes don't have feet. You couldn't have heard those. <laughs> oh, well, I heard a scorpion once. They do have feet, but they're too small. There's no way you would have heard those. <laughs> <laughs> <It's just> like, <laughs> very condescending. <laughs> this deputy is honestly my favorite character. Yeah, probably. yeah. He's such deputy. A, same. He's like, so he's so, like, blissfully ignorant of <laughs> what is actually going on for the most part. Yeah. They have a whole conversation about, like, there's squirrels, probably, and he's just dealing with that. It's so fucking funny. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. so good. Zephy's like, hey, uh, so actually, uh, I, I really like uh, Kentucky Fried Blood that you wrote. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, his book. And uh, he's like, so, and you know how you always have, like, those things in your books where you talk about, like, deputy so-and-so. I couldn't have done it without them. And he's like, yeah? Acknowledgement? He's like, yeah. What if I could be your deputy so-and-so? And he's like, okay, just, yeah, here's a bunch of things I need you to look up. These dates, which coincide with dates that were on the Super 8 films that he found. Yeah. To see which what crimes I guess, they were. I guess before that, though, like, he did look into one of the murders, and then he found out the date and where it happened. Oh, yeah. Because he It, he it was on up, the uh, the actual marking, if I remember yeah, right. It, well, yeah. the date was, and then he looked up, like, a triple homicide that happened on this date, and he came up to a house in Missouri where it happened. And so he's like... Place in Missouri, 1978, triple homicide. Missing kid. Yeah, missing kid. Mm -hmm. Which is also the thing that brought him to investigating the murder with the hanging is four dead, but there was another child, but the child was missing. Yeah. And so that's what he's investigating is this missing child, which leads him on to this whole other thing of how all these other crimes are connected in these super eights. And there's always the missing kid. Yeah. Yeah. And then it is one thing that uh, everyone keeps telling him, but he keeps on writing about is they're like, it's like, all right, so um, the girl, uh, so there's a dead girl, missing girl. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, even, like, the cops are like, listen, she's been gone for this long. We don't even know what happened to her. The chances of her being alive are almost zero. And everybody keeps telling him that. He's like, yeah. no, no, missing. I'm going to figure this out. I'm yeah. going to find this girl. Because that's what he thinks is going to get him his number one bestseller and get back onto the talk show circuit. Yeah, is by finding these missing people, or missing kids. Yeah. Um, which you find out through a lot of dialogue, because after this, there's not a lot of horror for a little bit. There's a lot of talking with his wife and stuff like that, and kind of learning about his character. Like, he yearns for the days of his one book again. Yeah. And he watches this interview on a late night talk show about, like, why he wrote the book and what happened. And, like, I love his reactions to watching this interview, because he's, like, he knows how fake everything he's saying is. He like rolls his eyes at stupid, stupid mm-hmm. things that he was saying back then. Yeah. Um, and like when he's done watching it, he hands he has this whole collection of all the interviews he's done on all these shows, just showing like how much he cares about his fame now. Other instead of everything else, right? It's a bunch and, like, of VHS. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like even with that, you can kind of have that he he has a sense of machismo to him of just like, oh well, I'm not gonna call myself a hero for finding that little clue. That's uh. That's for other people to say. Yeah. <laughs> I do this for the justice, not for the money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's great. Uh, he's unlikable in a very likable way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He reminds me a lot of the dad in The Shining. Yeah. A little actually, bit. Yeah, yeah, he does. Uh, also a writer. <laughs> yeah. 
That's funny. Um, also, every does every writer in Hollywood and video games have to have that stupid jacket with the dumb elbow pad? That's an oh, awful that's jacket. a that's a college professor thing. Okay, I guess they all do then. <laughs> I, to be fair, his is a little bit worse just because it's a very cashmere sweater. Well, it's like a and it's, cardigan. A yeah, cardigan. It's a, yeah. but it, it still has the suede elbow pads. Yeah. I bet it. he made that one. <laughs> I want to be comfy, but I still want the elbow pads. Yeah. I would love some elbow pads. I just assumed he had it because he was talking about like how he used to edit like college textbooks. And well, yeah, yeah. that's the thing is. Uh, and the argument to his wife that he keeps on saying is like, what am I going to do? Move back to our old place and just edit college textbooks for the rest of my life? No. Yeah. Which it turns out their old place is really fucking nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a <laughs> mansion. Yeah, if, I, yeah. if I was living in that place, I would edit textbooks all day long. <laughs> no one got murdered there. <laughs> You're right. That would but, make it boring to live no there. But there's no passion. There's no yeah. death and mayhem. <laughs> uh, where's the passion? Where's the soul? Where's the blood on the wall? Where's the me being famous? Where's the tree that someone got hung at? Yeah. Uh, also, there's a lot of random tidbits apparently about his life. Like he also apparently used to write fiction too, according to the wife. That's a kind of yeah. Weird yeah. He wrote That's fiction, but he really got his big break by doing that true crimes. Yeah, true uh, crimes. It's yeah. interesting too, because like it did seem like he did really like writing fiction. Yeah, but then he stopped because nobody else liked it. Yeah. 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 Which, Which I feel that. I get yeah, it. Like, that's yeah. fair. <laughs> I mean, I think it happens to pretty much anyone who gets famous doing anything. Like, you know, they're known for that one thing, and so people want them to keep doing that one thing, and then they yeah. kind of get stuck in that that zone of, like, I have to keep doing this because this is what I'm known for. Yeah. And like, this is what brings in the money yeah, and exactly. success. And... It happens to writers. It happens to actors. It happens yeah. to YouTubers and tri- Twitch streamers. Yeah. Um, it happens, yeah. Everything. Everything where people make money off of it. Mm-hmm. Dairy Queen, I would live, love if they just started doing barbecue, but people just want ice cream from them, so. <laughs> you jazz, but I actually am really sad that a lot of the new ones don't do chicken. Actually, yeah, the they don't do chicken anymore? Good. Wait, no. there's new Dairy Queens? Yeah, their Dairy Queens are mixed with Orange oh. Julius, yeah. and so now they just do oh. mostly Orange Julius and hot dogs. Basically, all the anyone that's like opened up past 2012 is the combination of Orange Julius Dairy Queen, and <laughs> they don't do the chicken or hamburgers. They sell hot dogs. Oh, that's Eek. so weird. Yeah, yeah. They're not great. I mean, to be fair, I actually stopped eating at Dairy Queen. Uh, well, for one, when I moved to Salt Lake City, because they didn't have them there as often. <laughs> uh, and two, like I remember going to one whenever I was there, and just like, yeah, can I get gravy with my chicken strips? Oh, we don't do gravy anymore. Oh. Fuck it, I have no reason to come here then. I think the last Dairy Queen I've ever been to is when I lived in Oklahoma. And that was like 11, 12 years ago or something like that. How old am I? That would have been that would have been more than 12 years ago. But it no, was that a, would have been 13 years ago about. It was a Dairy Queen that wasn't even like a franchise. It was just like a own separate thing where they had the menu and the name and all that. Well, yeah. I don't think they had like the full menu. No ice cream, no food. <laughs> they were just actually queen. <laughs> Welcome to like, queen. Mama, I just killed but a I man. think that's one of the last ones other than like in the Valley, I guess. But. Yeah. I love some Dairy Queen, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Underrated. The, the only... <laughs> Underrated as a giant corporation yep. that yeah. makes millions of dollars. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, anyways, four tangents that I keep getting us off on. <laughs> I, I think I'm just hungry for chicken, yeah. honestly. Uh, sinister. Yeah. Uh, you you get to learn a lot about like him wanting to just be very famous and him not being that anymore. Yeah. And also apparently blowing away all his money. 
But, yes. I mean, he's rich. I mean, that just happens. That happens though, yeah. 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 Which is shows like why he is so stuck on this has to be a success and I have to stay here even after all the shit starts happening to him. They also they also go into like um oh, we're trying to sell our old house too and once yeah. we sell that we're going to be rich rich rich. Yeah. <laughs> and we won't uh, have to worry about it. The dad is like, yeah, the dad's focusing on a lot of what ifs and when it happens. Yeah. Uh, it just kind of makes me laugh considering this movie takes place after the housing crisis of 0708 and just like nope, we can't sell our house anymore. Uh, their house is like fucking huge. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like uncomfortable to live in. It seems like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we don't see that till way later. Anyway, uh, I'm gonna skip through a lot of the movie because a lot of it yeah. is just him like going around, hearing and... sounds, and uh, looking around the house late at night. And oh, oh, the projector seems to be playing by itself. What's going on? But yeah. I locked the projector in a box. Yeah, and... which I do. The one thing I want to talk about before we start to get to like the climax of the movie is. The scene that I hate now, <laughs> yeah. with he's walking through the house and then there's little ghost kids in yeah, slow mo. Yeah, and one. like he's always looking in the direction where the kids are not running. Yeah, where it's meant to be scary, but it's not. It's silly. Yeah, it has a silly jump scare at the very beginning of it, and then it's just kids running in slow motion well, while he walks around the house. A yeah. Part of the what makes it so silly is that the makeup on the kids is really bad it's yeah. bad it's really really bad it is, like looks super cheap halloween yeah. it makeup. looks like generic zombie makeup yeah, yeah. yeah. generic zombie makeup on only the face you can see that their neck and their arms are colored the same or just skin colored yeah that and um the kids were having fun you could tell they were trying to be very scary but they weren't. They're not yeah. <laughs> at all the thing that this movie also does is it makes the kids keep doing like the and some of them do it like a sexy way. Yeah, it's. Don't, don't say that about I, children. I, know, I hate. I hate saying that about like. I know what you mean. But yeah. like you know, like they, it looks like they're trying to be seductive almost. Yeah, or like a like a model esque sort of. Yeah, pose, like a model. And it's really awkward and looks really dumb and yeah. not scary I at all. I think like the only one that really pulls it off is the girl with the bow because she just is like a weird creepy child yeah yeah i yeah. suppose so but i think it lingers on her too much so you can really tell that the makeup is super bad i mean yeah, yeah i just feel like the scenes that they use her for were yeah. the best in comparison to child without a shirt yeah, yeah. <laughs> why do all the children i get i don't know well the, <laughs> i guess it goes into it but- all of the children are wearing actually uh year appropriate so, yeah. like, all the years where, like, their crime happened, mm-hmm. they actually went and looked at what was the most popular clothing options at the time, and they made <laughs> the kids wear those. Huh, okay. Uh, except for the pool kid who was shirtless, because yeah. he was in a pool. I feel like most of them were, though, shirtless. No, no just him. Just one. No, just one? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you're you're focusing on the what are the kid without a top that was trying to be the model-esque. I know. It was really bad. Bad. But I think... <laughs> I think if they did that better, it would have been more effective, like way more effective. Yeah, just like <laughs> the effect cheesy. idea is cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it's, but it just doesn't work. Yeah. I feel like also don't have them run in slow mo. I don't understand why they were going in slow mo. Like it's a weird thing because he's not in slow mo, but he's going yeah. slow enough to where he might be slow mo. Like your brain is confused about that. Yeah, part. did they like um? How did they film that? Because it seems like did they film that like. 
before and then like slowed the footage down with the kids uh, and then like put his footage over it? Just like from or the just way like, the kids are moving, I think they just told the kids to go slow. Because if yeah. you look, they're like doing the weird thing when how kids don't understand how the world works. We're like, they're over exaggerating their yeah. movements to be slow. Yeah. Even yeah, though yeah. that's not how slow motion works. So they did do it the way Sam said. Damn. They, so they double oh, exposured okay. it then. Yeah, they just double exposure. Um, very simple, very easy, very cheap. Yeah. Which is important. This movie was made very cheaply. Ten dollars. I think you can tell from all the kid makeup. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They just went to their local Halloween like like the Halloween fest and found the first makeup artist. It's like, <laughs> hey, you like paint stuff for kids, right? And they're like, Yes. Like, cool. If we pay you twenty dollars, can you do that for a day? <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> Yeah, the kid makeup. They actually just yeah. kept sending the kids back there. Every they time they needed to do it, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> go back to the carnival, get your face painted again. And, like the face painter will give it lady looks like, again. Like, Sorry, <laughs> get for five bucks. <laughs> I fell. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's like the, one of the worst things in the movie. I think yeah. actually, it that that one thing I think makes it not hold up. So well. I was gonna yeah. say like, like I said before, this movie is like at the end of the era of whenever jump scares was the thing. And so this is one of the last movies to, like, make it a big point to, like, have a bunch of jump scares in it. I feel like there's only one jump scare that really works, at least in my opinion. And that was the last found footage uh, yes. movie that he watched. Yeah, which, yeah, yeah. It seemed like you wanted to talk about it, but we weren't there yet. Yeah. Uh, is the one where you just see the camera in, like, a first-person mode pushing a lawnmower. At and night. then eventually <laughs> the lawnmower just goes over a person and he freaks out and, like, walks away because he didn't doesn't want to look it doesn't even it. go over a person it just shows it and then it like does a uh, scream or whatever <laughs> and yeah. it cuts from there but i feel like that's one of the only jump scares that yeah. it actually deserved like yeah most of the other ones are bad like uh in my opinion probably one of the worst jump scares that they have in the entire movie mm-hmm. has to be whenever uh he hears the projector again but he hears it up in the attic and so he like walks up the attic and he's looking and he sees all the dead children watching the found footage <laughs> And they all turn around and look at him and, and do like the, the shh with thing. their finger. Yeah, <laughs> that was really. And dumb. then you see, yeah, you see Gabagool on the screen. <laughs> you see Bagul <laughs> on the screen, and then like he just like turns his head to the side and looks at him as like a hey, what are you doing? Kind of thing. So I actually think the other, I guess, jump scares, which isn't really like scary is like the night terror parts yeah with the kid yeah because there's like two scenes with that one with the box and then one it's out night and it's he's like out in the bushes yeah i guess yeah, yeah. he's out in the bushes and then like he sees something out there so he's trying to figure out what it is so he walks out there with the baseball bat and then Flashlight. sees his son with like a scared look on his face having a night terror in the bushes yeah yeah, yeah i think that those were the other effective things which the kid looks scarier than the actual ghost yeah, kids. He does. <laughs> it's just funny. Yeah. Um just got that teen angst. <laughs> He's got it down. Teen. Scary. Teen Teens angst. are scary. They're like, oh no, are they gonna throw eggs at me? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what teens do. I think that's all they do. I think, they, I think Yeah, they that's do. probably it's either that or toilet paper. Yeah. <laughs> uh but yeah. So it the lawnmower one I think is really good. Actually, that lawnmower. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was going to say. That I was feel the like one that's... in theaters that made me like get out of my seat like, oh, fuck. Yeah, because like, yeah. it just kind of gets the sensation of like, you don't see it, but you get the sensation of like, oh, they that person just got chopped up the bits by a lawnmower. Yeah. That's brutal. Yeah, I, I think some of the best parts are the um, found footage bits because yeah. there's a lot of, a lot of 
atmosphere and like it's disturbing. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I mean, also good music over it too. Yeah, like, well, good music, and then I think Ethan Hawke does a really good job of like his reactions to the films too. Of like, like yeah, <laughs> like yeah. it helps build up that tension and like kind of just like that feeling of like seeing it for the first time. Yeah, and mm-hmm. he does that very well. Before we get to the climax, I do want to ask: Is there any like scares in it that worked for you? As in, like, I thought it was good, or as in, actually managed to scare me. Either very different thing. Most of the jump scares they manage to scare me just because they're cheap and have the sting. Yeah. So it's kind of not like actually like ah. It's like a jarring thing because they do the freaky like. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's like oh, it's completely silent, and then it's like wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I don't know. Like, I don't find this movie particularly that scary. Okay. All things considered, I, I don't know. So I, I not really. I guess. Okay. I thought the night terror thing was cool. I wish they kept that throughout more than a third of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. They kind of dropped that. They do. They do actually. Um. One thing, another thing, I guess I want to talk about before we get to the climax is at one point, deputy so and so, which mm-hmm. is his name, um. <laughs> gets has a conversation with the writer like saying like what he thinks is happening what the writer thinks is happening Ethan Hawke's character and what he thinks is happening mm-hmm. he's like okay so let's get this straight there's a bunch of stuff happening in your attic right and he's like okay that can be explained away he's like i don't want to say anything um but you just moved into a house you're burned out you've been writing books constantly you've been studying awful things you have a bunch of pictures in there i saw them i don't want to say anything i saw the pictures you're just, you've been studying since day one of being here and the first thing I saw when I went in there was a whiskey bottle. And it doesn't look dusty. <laughs> uh, he's like, and I don't want to say it. I'm not saying you're an alcoholic. He's like, no, I'm not an alcoholic. Why would I be that? It's really good. I'm not, I'm, not saying that. I'm not saying that. Yeah. Anything with deputy so-and-so was really great. Yeah. Yeah. I also, like, it's a really, like, cool thing about his character, too, where, like, uh, the writer's like, you know, I'm 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 not believing in the ghosts or anything. I don't believe in the supernatural. He's like, oh, you know, supernatural. He's like. And like as he's the conversation goes, he's like, "You you don't believe in the supernatural, right?" And definitely like, "Oh no, I fucking do. I would never sleep at night in this place." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and like, I believe that's in all such of like it. a small town thing, though. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, like small town people usually believe in shit like that. Yeah, that's great. I don't even believe in ghosts, but I definitely wouldn't fucking spend a night where someone was murdered. I would. You did, didn't you? No, they weren't murdered. You just thought the house was haunted. Yeah, I mean, one of the old houses I used to live in, someone killed himself in there. True. Yeah. And Dry spent the night there a handful of times, and it was always creepy. Yeah. That house was never not creepy a single night there. Yeah. Still had all the dolls. God. That's where <laughs> that's where my phobia of dolls came from, was that house. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, and the deputy's like, hey, look, I know this professor. Uh, maybe he can help you out. He's like, great with all this stuff. He gets a hold of the professor. The professor looks right. up a bunch of images about the uh, the face that he's been seeing in a bunch of these these home tapes and, well not so much the face but the symbols because he also yeah. said symbols like, as well there's yeah. a symbol written on the wall or on the car or somewhere in all of these videos mm-hmm. yeah um so yeah he does that and he sends those over in the climax uh, he finally gets a hold of him because we're skipping all the way to the climax yeah. yeah um eventually the house freaks out him freaks him out enough to where he like gets all the super eight and all that stuff and he burns it he just gets rid of it, he burns it he tells his wife mm-hmm. we need to leave right now uh, he, also, he does eventually come clean about them living in a murder house, and there's a whole huge yeah. argument, which well, I really he like. doesn't. Well, right, he does. Little the kid girl does. accidentally tells yeah. the mom that yeah. this is the murder house accidentally because yeah. she's like, 
uh, conversing with uh, Stephanie, the dead girl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so that comes out. They have a huge argument, which I really like the argument. It feels very real, actually. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, and then that night, a bunch of stuff, stuff happens in the attic. That's where you get like the kids in the attic watching the Super 8, and then Bagul doing the, howdy. Also, um, another thing going back to the little girl, it never like, um, like specifically says it, but like when they're talking about the night terror thing, um, the little girl's like, "I had a night terror too," and they just kind of like brushed over that, but like, yeah, it it sort of, um, basically yeah. doesn't say it, but you know, she's like seeing this girl as sort of, yeah. I guess, what is it, uh, Stephanie pre. What is it? Possession? No. <laughs> Proposition. What's the word? It's like precognitive. Pre-haunting? <laughs> I know what word you're looking for too, so it's bugging me. What's the fucking word? I don't know it what is. you're you looking it's for. Really Premonition? <laughs> Basically, it's just like a um foretelling. <laughs> a premonition. <laughs> no, not a premonition. I know what you're saying. Yeah. Um Cut this out. <laughs> Predisposition. <laughs> Predisposal. Foreshadowing. There you go. Like you got it. Foreshadowing. It's like a foreshadowing. A foreshadowing. That she's going to be. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. So yeah, he 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 burns all the super and stuff like that. <laughs> and he's like, "We have to leave right now." So they speed out of the town. They get stopped by the sheriff, and the sheriff's like, "What's going on? We're just leaving the town. Just following your advice." Uh, he's like, oh, "Okay. Well, don't need to give you the speeding ticket there." All I gotta say is keep it under sixty till you get out of my county. And in that case, you're not my problem anymore. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> so they go back to their old town, their old house where it's a mansion you discover, and they're working there. And deputies trying to call him, but he's not answering. Yeah, they're trying to like move into their house, and he keeps ignoring the deputies' calls. He's just trying to ignore all of that. Later, way later that night, the professor gets a hold of him, and he's like, "Professor, like, hey, I finally did a bunch of research." Uh. And he sends him a bunch of pictures. He's like, nobody's ever bothered to look any of this up or put it out there because there's so little on him. But here you go. This is everything I could find. And it shows that the symbols most commonly associated with Bugul are snakes and scorpions, which we it's see like, in the house. Ragu. You could tell the, the directors and writers like, see, haha, that that was it. We got you. It was, it was there the whole time. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Um, and he's like. So and uh the the mythology is that the people who are possessed or being consumed by Bagul are uh doing so through the media that he's in. So drawings or or anything Images. like that. Images. And he's like, So what if somebody got rid of all that, burned it? He's like, In the story or he's like, Yeah, yeah, whatever. He's like, What are you what what what's the book you're writing? He's like, anyway, I gotta go, Professor, bye. <laughs> <laughs> and he does, and finally Deputy So and so does get a hold of him. He's like, Hey, I did all that research you finally wanted me to. Where'd you go? I have been trying to get a hold of you. And he's like, I put it all together. And I figured out that each one of these murders happened from the family after they moved in that home and then moved away into their new home. And then the murder happened. Like, oh, really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's a line early, like, from the deputy. Because, like, he's like, I've been trying to get a hold of where you've been in uh, the... Writer's like, we move. And he's like, that's the issue. You yeah. moved. Well, even before that, because like the writer finally um, answers him and says, like, he's like, do you know what time it is? Like, well, I've been trying to call you all day, but you haven't been answering. Yeah. Um, and so he's like, links all of it together. And he's like, so, yeah, the thing that I figured out is like whenever they're in the house that the crime happened and then they move, 
that's when that family dies. And he's like, oh, where have you been? I moved. He's like, okay, so I guess you really sped up the killer. So if he's around there, then I guess watch your back. All right, bye. <laughs> well, it's not even that, because it's not even like him saying, like, watch your back. He's just like, you've sped it up. You're yeah. You fucked yeah, up. Like, yeah, you, <laughs> yeah, you're playing right into his hands by moving back to your old place. Yeah, yeah, you're right. That is what happens. And um, he's been drinking this coffee this whole time. He deletes all of the files that he had on his computer of all of the, the quote-unquote snuff tapes, the Bagul tapes. Bagul. Gabagool. Gabagool. Mr. Boogans. Yeah. Boogeyman, yeah. <laughs> and he deletes all of that. He starts walking away, and he starts feeling weird. He's been drinking this coffee, and there's a note under it from uh, the little girl, like, here, Daddy, I made you coffee. It says like good night, Daddy. Good night, Daddy. I made you. yeah. Yeah. Um, and he passes out when he drops the cup. There's a bunch of green stuff in it. Like has been in all the other videos. Uh when he comes to the little girl has him tied up, has a super eight camera and an axe. Uh she's like, Here we go, Daddy, I'm gonna make you famous again. And then puts the camera down, and you imagine you don't get to see this one because it would be very brutal. Um you get to see her drawing afterwards, and she has like a bunch of art supplies and stuff next to them, like a bunch of vials. Yeah. Uh, and like she's about to swing the axe, it cuts down, and you see her drawing in the shoebox because there's like this shoebox that has yeah, all the, the Super Eight in it. Yeah, that and had a bunch had of drawings like, in it. Yeah, it had all the drawings of like each murder, and then her murder was at the very end, like a three-panel comic, yeah, type yeah. thing, <laughs> I guess. basically. And you like get to see the basic idea of what happened is it shows pictures of. Uh, the brother, the mom, and then him, and they're all chopped up into pieces. Yeah. Which would be super brutal to see that film. But, oh, yeah. yeah. Um, And she cuts to Super 8, and there's a bunch of blood all over the walls, like drawings with the blood, mm-hmm. and then her at the end of the hallway, and then kids, and it zooms out, and it's her watching a Super 8, and I think this is when the movie gets bad. Um, you don't like Gobbagool picking her up and taking her inside the Super 8? No, because that's what happens. I don't like that. <laughs> it's very silly. It's very silly. Yeah. Takes her inside the Super 8, um, fades out, fades back in. I think that's what happens to all the Super 8 in an attic. Yeah. So, yeah, it does like fade to like the Super 8 in the attic, and it shows the last, the, the newest Super 8 saying painting the house. Yeah. Uh, there is kind yeah. of like that thing. I think it's, like you said, this movie was done on a tight budget. Yeah. I think they wanted to have Bagool carrying her and walking into the film as kind of like his portal between his realm and the and the world that we know basically yeah but because of budgetary reasons they just did like a fast cut and then like showing him walking in the house of that well, yeah like, i just kinda, don't like the concept of it yeah yeah i mean that's kind of the point because with the father finds the extended cuts which shows that it is the yeah. kids the yeah. whole time oh yeah that's the but, like yeah. that's the they big all, big twist yeah but like at, they'll all like look at the camera and then just is like Oop, they disappeared. Yeah. yeah. And like, right I was like, okay, they is the... it like a... Then yeah. They, yeah. Then they disappear. So I just like, okay, that's interesting. It like cuts there. Yeah. But then, no, they actually just cease existence. Yep, there's in the film now. And like, actually, if they didn't... I'd go back to the makeup. If they didn't do that really bad makeup and then said did just like how they looked at the end of the films... But maybe paler or something. Yeah. Then that would have been better. A lot spookier. I, <laughs> it it brings the question: Why do they look like zombies? Because they're 
that, I guess. There's no reason. I like, don't Yeah, know. like they could just be... Ca- they're in a film, yeah, though, is my issue. The they should Gabagool. cease to age. Yeah. They do cease to age. They just zombify, apparently. It's bad. Yeah, it's yeah. just bad makeup. And- <laughs> they try and justify that a lot in the sequel, but it's worse. <laughs> they're like, the film grain got to it. <laughs> no. It, 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 it does the thing of explaining too much. The mm-hmm. big sin of every horror movie. It explains too much. Gobblegool yeah. was a failed movie maker back in 1945. <laughs> I keep calling it Gobblegool. I should stop that. Yeah, it might be offensive. Um, <laughs> to the boogeymen's all around the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To it. Or boogie women. Or boogie mm-hmm. women, Sam. Yeah, be inclusive. Or boogie thems. Bo- boogie boogie them. people. Boogie people. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is more offensive than what yeah. you said. It, it is. E- <laughs> end up getting an email from the boogeyman like, you know how offensive it is to use proper pronouns like that? What the hell, man? <laughs> so shitty. <laughs> it's really dumb. Anyways. Another dumb joke you might cut out, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah so that's it. ends. she's like, in the film now, and it's painting house twelve. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and honestly, it if it because it's all zoomed in, you see that, and it slowly pulls back. And if it just cut to the credits, then I think I could forgive a lot of uh, that. I had to do the last thing, but it does the one last bagul scare. He just pops up on the side of the screen, and then it ends. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's that same Dumb. like turns his head to the side, like, "Hey, what are you watching?" Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's the same like, thing that Krampus did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's bad. It's really, really bad. I hate it. I yeah. yeah, yeah. I hate when movies do that in general. Anyway, because like I feel like Amityville and like stuff like that have done it as well. It's just like shitty. It's shitty. Thing. Don't do it that. Is. Don't put that in your mouth. Yeah, so. I mean, there's a reason why those kind of jump scares died. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But let's Very get into um, <laughs> final thoughts here, real quick. Uh, yeah. Well, since we're at the end, I'm. This isn't really my final thought thing, but I, I, I don't like Bagul. You don't like his design? No, yeah. I'm not in not his design or his point in the story. I wish he was just kind of like an entity. Yeah, I actually yeah. agree with that too. I think seeing him in so much detail just yeah. like cuz like yeah. his thing is just it's like, really oh, it's a guy without a mouth and he kind of has a roar shark ass face. Yeah, kind of slender manny, kind of kind of it would have been It's like Gene- it's, it's just so generic. It's yeah, like if it you just mesh together five creepypastas together, <laughs> yeah. you it, get him. It does the same uh, horror sin that Insidious did. Because Insidious actually had a scary monster when you just saw the shadows of it. Mm. Yeah, if Bagul right. was in the background and like these blurry images the entire time and you're not sure exactly what you're looking at, yeah. he would have been ten times scarier. I agree. Yeah. yeah. I don't even know. Like, I really think it would be powerful if he was just a like just the concept basically yeah and like Mm -hmm. it connected all these murders together but it wasn't like oh here's bagul he was behind he was like it's just like this weird phenomenon yeah that happens even even if it was only like a question of like is there some sort of like supernatural being behind this and that just shows the kids like maybe the kids just yeah maybe the kids are kind of messed up in the yeah (laughs) that would have been probably scarier and yeah yeah, uh, just Bagul just felt lame. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's one of those things I was thinking like with the sequel would have been way better than what they actually did with it. Is it would have been better if there was like an act because they talk about the cult of him and everything. If there actually was a cult behind it that was kind of putting these ideas into the kid's head mm-hmm. the entire time, it would have be made cool. for a better storyline yeah. and a, a better sequel. Even yeah, yeah. They don't do that. No, they don't. Nope. <laughs> but what if? Yeah. <laughs> uh. Anyway, 
Let's actually get on to final thoughts now. Okay. <laughs> e. I still think this is pretty good. All things considered. Um it it has a lot of flaws and some of that's just aging kind of weird, but I think the story itself is pretty solid. And I don't know if I'd say it's that scary, but it's pretty like thrilling for the most part throughout. Yeah. Just like very solid. I definitely see why a lot of people do quite like this movie. And I'll, I'll I don't know. I'll, I'll give it like a, a, a seven ish. That okay. seems about right. Okay. Uh, Robbie. So for me, like I said, it's. I think even when this movie first came out, those jump scares that they had in it weren't really all that scary. And like, I think with the promotional material for it, I find, found it kind of disappointing even whenever I first watched it because I expected more out of it with like the promotional material. It made it seem creepier. It made Bagul seem like more of an entity and something that you'll like maybe see in the shadows. And like, maybe it was there, maybe it really wasn't. And then like having him really pop up and then some of the weird like ghost sequences with the kids just doesn't really work all that well. And then a lot of cases, th- this movie is very slow too. And like in some ways, because of the, the bad jump scares they have, the slow parts don't always pay off. And I feel like that is very much a sin of horror movies, especially of its time. But it does have a pretty good storyline. I do like the true crime aspect of it. I really like the found footage aspect of it, of him like stumbling upon these things and trying to solve the mystery behind it. That was really interesting. The whole like um, a very obscure deity and like this cult that's behind it was also a really cool point to put in there that, they, that goes pretty much nowhere with the movie series. But that within itself is a pretty cool concept too. So it's this weird line of like, I think I like the idea of the movie more than I like the movie itself. But I'd still, I'll say 6.5. Okay. Good. Like because like I said, I do really like the concept of it. I feel like there's lore built into it and like a lot that you can do with the concept of this movie. They just did it poorly, whether it was because of budget or writing reasons, it just happened the way that it happened. Yeah. So much like other movies that have like a poor um coming forward of it, kind of like the purge almost. Like the purge has a pretty cool idea behind it, but they don't always uh doesn't always come out good in practice. Yeah. Okay. Sam. Um, yeah. I I think I've already voiced sort of my problems with it. I, I definitely thought this was scarier the first time I watched it. Um but I think um it it does an okay job building sort of the tension, but then it uh brings it way back down with the bad effects and yeah <laughs> it's really cheesy. Um, but I think if they had more of the Super 8 sort of vibes to it, because I think that part works really well, um, more of that and less of the horrible ghost kids. <laughs> um, yeah, conceptually, it's good. I think it, watching this again, I'm, I'm a lot more disappointed by it. Um, and I think it could have been so much better if they put up bit more thought behind it um yeah (laughs) so there's not much more i can say about it other than what i've already said so i guess yeah i give it about a seven 6.5 okay 6.6 okay 6.6 6.75 final answer 6.8 c (laughs) minus Um, I really like this movie a lot. 
I think what ends up happening with me is that I really enjoy this first one. And even its shortcomings, and I think pretty weak ending, if we're being honest, um, don't hold it back enough for me to dislike this first one. But the second one exists. <laughs> and that honestly kills so much of the lore. It almost makes me retroactively dislike the first one more. What? <laughs> it's pretty bad. You like you know how Sam said like she wishes that it was less ghost kids, like more Super 8? Mm-hmm. Um, well, what if the second one did less uh, character growth, more stupid kids, and less Super 8? Ooh. That's what the sequel is. Super 7. While also still trying to explain even more of Bagul and somehow break all of the rules they set mm-hmm. in place for Bagul. Yeah, it's like, that's, another thing is like you just don't care about Bagul that much because of all the flaws already mentioned, where it's yeah. just, they show too much, it's too much, you don't... Yeah, I don't even care about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I really like this one, and I think 90% of this movie is absolutely fantastic, and I love it, and... 90 is pretty... 90 is pretty high, yeah. I like this yeah. movie a lot. Um, well, 90% of it a lot. Uh, <laughs> and I think that there are a couple things that, like, I think I've said this a lot, but there's horror movies that you can always tell the true effectiveness of a horror movie when you're doing nothing and then you ac- accidentally think about it and you're like, well, fuck, I gotta close the blinds now. <laughs> like, when I first saw this movie, that did some of that stuff to me. Mm-hmm. Um, on repeat viewings, I don't think that holds up as well. Yeah. But it did have that effect on me the first time I watched it. I'm gonna give it an 8 because I honestly really do <laughs> still enjoy the stuff that's really good about it. I think the stuff that's good is really fucking good. Yeah. But I think the stuff that's bad is only getting worse with time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so it's kind of almost like this is a really good steak that you're eating. It's like, you just got to push these capers out of the way. Yeah, <laughs> kind of. Um, all right, let's move on to Oculus again with E. Hello. Yeah, I, I said it earlier, but I do just love this movie. I don't think I have a flaw I can think of really with this movie. Like, it's so solid. The cinematography is outstanding. I love the characters. They feel real which is a lot to say for a horror movie yeah. a lot of times, honestly. Um, I love the ambiguity. I love the gabagool. Ambiguity. Ambiguity? Ambiguity. Just find whichever one you like the best. Yeah, I'll put that one I love the ambiguity of the movie. And how I can really, like, think... I, I, I imagine for the next week, I'm going to still be thinking a lot about this movie. Like, what if this part was wrong? What if the dog was actually a cat the whole time? Who knows? <laughs> and just, like, stuff like that, I think, is really fun and interesting. And, like, God, there's just, like, certain shots I love. There's, like, when she sees the mother, it does that thing that Guardians probably stole from it, where it goes from, like different lens type where it, the, the character stays in the main focus but mm-hmm. because of the lens type changing the background slowly distorts backwards. Oh, uh, yeah. Vertigo. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll pretend I know what that means in this context. But... Alfred Hitchcock used that a lot in his film Vertigo. Yeah. Okay. Which is why it's known as the Vertigo shot now. Never mind. I take it back. They they stole it from Vertigo. <laughs> uh, no, that it, that's always been a cool effect in movies though. Yeah. Like I, it's just one of those things like just easy way to say like psyche breaking and all that and like just oh man this is just an outstanding movie i've ne- i never was bored during it i never like 
looked around and was like, oh, well, they should have did this. And <laughs> yep, it do. Um, as I talk. Yeah, yeah, that's line. how you always talk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, uh, just, I was floored by that movie, honestly. Wow. Um, when you guys were describing it the first time, I didn't think I would like it a ton. But, like, watching it, it's just outstanding. Honestly, 10 from me. Wow. 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 Favorite movie you've shown me this month, easily. <laughs> wow. Okay. Nice. I wasn't expecting that at all. Neither. Nor was I. All right, Robbie. So I do also like this movie. Probably not as much as E, but I do like this <laughs> movie. Too bad. <laughs> uh, it is great. Like I said, uh, the very first time I watched it, I think it's because I just probably wasn't paying enough attention to really tell what was going on. But this movie has gotten better watching it the second time around. It almost makes me feel like it's a fine wine movie. Like, you know, the more you watch it, like the, the more it ages you with you, the better it gets. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, I do like that the characters are smart in this movie. Like, there's nothing that feels dumb or out of place or like, well, that's a dumb mistake that they did for plot reasons or anything like that. It, it all feels very purposeful. It all feels very realistic, like he said, in a, as realistic of a uh, cyper, or supernatural horror movie can be. Yeah. Um, I did almost make the joke at the end of it of like the TLDR of this movie is sister won't shut up about a haunted mirror and so her brother kills her. <laughs> <laughs> The moral of the story so, is don't trust mirrors. That's true. Yeah. And so, so like, despite that sounding kind of like it would be a dumb movie concept, it does it very well. It takes what would be like a low B or even a C-rated horror movie and makes it better, or like makes it almost A-rated. S-plus ranking. Yeah. <laughs> like, he did a very good job in writing this movie and directing it and shooting it and everything. Like, he, it, it is all done very fantastically from... The storyline, which is way darker than I remember it being when I first saw it, uh, to even just like the ghost design. The ghost design is really well done. Like it's very creepy. Has a good vibe. Has has that horror vibe to it. Like yeah. there's a lot of praise to this movie. Uh, I I give it an eight point five. All right, Sam. So yeah, this is like the opposite of sinister, sinister for me. Where the first time I watched it, this movie, I wasn't that keen on it. But the second time watching it, yeah, it actually really clicked. And really enjoy it a lot. Um, um, yeah, I guess I'll just praise Mike Flanagan again more. It's <laughs> <laughs> the Mike Flanagan podcast now. <laughs> I can do it. <laughs> Nothing um, but praise for the flannel shirt. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, even like watching, um, Haunting of Hill House and stuff. Like with the ghost designs and stuff, you can sort of see, um, that it's him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's interesting, but. Um, yeah, I guess I'll mirror everything that people said that uh-huh. it's good and, oh, mirror. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, it's, um, really cool, interesting camera work and, um, storytelling. It just flows so well together, which, you know, it could have been done really horrible <laughs> but it, it worked so well um yeah definitely um one of those things where <laughs> the movie is better than it deserves to be in a w- weird way um i think it does it it deserves to be that good <laughs> well what i'm saying is because like there's a lot of ways you could have messed up like every aspect <laughs> oh, of this yeah. movie but he, it's all done very well yeah pretty Flawlessly, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess I'd probably give it like an 8.5. 
as well. Okay. 8.59, maybe. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Depends how many drinks I have. Yeah. <laughs> get a little more at Malibu, maybe get it up to a nine. Maybe a few years from now, I'll watch it. It's going to be a ten. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Um, yeah, I really love this movie. I have not seen a Mike Flanagan production in any way that I haven't absolutely loved, and this sticks with that. I think that he is genuinely going to be the next great voice in developing what horror can do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's already shown that with a lot of the things he, with just the series that he's done on Netflix, I think yeah. the flagship shows hunting of Hill house, Bly Manor, uh, midnight mass. I think those are going to probably be the things that he's most well known for, but I think that he's going to be in 20 years, the director that people look back on and there, he's going to be their John Carpenter. He's going to be their Wes Craven mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. Um, their Alfred Hitchcock. Yeah. Yeah. I think that he does such amazing things and he has such an incredible grasp for, what he's trying to accomplish. He has a goal with his stories and he uses horror as a medium to tell what he's trying to say with that. Basically from his perspective, like through his, uh, yeah, I guess through his perspective. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, he does it really, really well. Storytelling. <laughs> yeah. Um, everything that he's done, including this just feels extremely intimate. And mm-hmm. like he said, they feel like real people. Mm-hmm. Like I've met these people on the street, or I've talked to these people before. Like they are human beings. I've never, I not once did I ever think like this is a cool character they're playing. Like this is a person. I never, mm-hmm. I never questioned it. Um, you're just walking down the street, you're like, "Hey, how are you?" There's an evil mirror. Also, <laughs> All right, Freddie. Also, nice ponytail. <laughs> it, really, it really swayed. Really swaying. <laughs> um, yeah, I absolutely love this movie. I am glad that I could keep showing it to people because. I feel like nobody talked about it when it came out. I feel like people still don't talk about it, honestly. Yeah. Uh, it's great. It's a nine. I don't think I can hit, I don't think I can hit 10 for it because I don't think it's perfect, but I think that for how, how fresh that Mike Flanagan was when he did this, I think it's as perfect as it can possibly be. And I, I honestly don't know of another director that could pull this off that well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I said, there's a lot of things that could have gone wrong. Cause oh, like, yeah. The idea of like, oh, it's a haunted mirror movie doesn't really sound all that scary. Um, just a brother, brother and sister arguing back and forth that could have been done really badly with any other director. The fact that it was his, one of his first movies, if not his very first movie, could have also been done pretty poorly if it was done by a lesser director kind of thing. So yeah. there's a lot that could have gone wrong, but none of it did. Yeah, um, I'm not even kidding. This movie is the reason why there are so few mirrors in our house. <laughs> That's the reason why I don't want a mirror in our bedroom, even though Liz wants one. Like, I, I couldn't do it. I could not do it. I'm going to find an exact replica of this evil haunted mirror. <laughs> well, there is this thing in. that saying if you put a um, mirror like at the end of your bed, like facing you while you sleep, then like it'll be like a portal. To you. <laughs> cool. Yeah. More reason not to do that. Yeah. So Thanks, Sam. That. Leave it to the wish to know that. <laughs> no reflections. Yeah. I just don't have mirrors because I don't like looking at myself. Same. Ooh, that got sad. <laughs> uh cool all right well eat whether well, this is going real long yeah um where can people get a hold of us we have a thing known as a link tree l-i-n-k-t-r dot e-e slash l-o-i-p which gives you a link to all our social medias and listen medias go ahead and give us a follow give us a listen give us a hoot whatever you want to do even a holler no, that's a little much. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, we also have an email. The I'll write that one. Wow. Okay. Fine. 
We have an email, the last ones in podcast at gmail.com. Once again, that is the last ones in podcast at gmail.com. Send us your mirrors. Please don't. Um, <laughs> do do yeah. those weird pictures of mirrors people can take where there's somehow not the person in the mirror reflection? Get, send us those pictures. Twins? Oh. Send us twins? your super eights. Yeah, actually, that'd be cool. I, I would watch it. <laughs> and but- not your haunted mirrors. Please. Just your son- haunted super eights. <laughs> yeah, please no mirrors. <laughs> All right, Robbie, get us out of here. All right. So if you're out and about, please be kind to one another and please be safe. Make sure to stay six feet apart. Make sure to wear a mask. Wash your hands for at least twenty seconds. Get vaccinated if you can. But if not, make sure to stay home, stay alone, stay alive. And whether this is the very first time you've listened to us or you've been listening since the very beginning, thank you for listening. Thank you so much, everybody. Thank you, E. Yeah. Thank you, Robbie. Yeah. Thank you, Sam. Yep. Thank you, me. Everybody out there, like Robbie said, be safe. Don't be dicks. We will talk to you again next week. Have a good week. Bye. 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 Eat your gobble